Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube network with other content creators and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. I was just standing here and I was thinking to myself, you know, we got like 10 minutes, six minutes until we're supposed to start, but I'm here anyway. So let's just go ahead and get this thing moving and go ahead and get it up and go ahead and, uh, you know, just kind of get the ball rolling here so we can get into the groove, you know, as we get going here uh, today. So uh, if this is your first time here, I do wanna let you know that um, we have a form down in the description where you can put your questions. Since this is a Q&A, um, how this works is you just go down into that form, you put your question in there, and then I answer them in the order that they are received. And then from there, um, as we you know progress through this, then you know I get through as many of those as I possibly can. Sometime I pull some of them um, directly out of the chat as well, depending on you know if I happen to see something. I'm like, ooh, that's a good question. Then of course I will uh, do that. If you are watching this on the replay, I do want to let you know that we have timestamps available down in the description. You'll also see them at the very bottom of the player. And with that, all you have to do is of course you can sit back and just listen to this or you can go down into the description and you can find the uh you know the the parts that of the stream that you know matter the most to you if you're all watching this on the replay because we answer a ton of questions here during the stream today um and we talk about all kinds of different things that you know that impact you as a creator so as we're getting into it what's up tom nash what's going on dude hope that you are doing great nice to see you here jerry pop andrea nice to see you here girl in her passport tiffany what's going on hope you're doing great Chantel, nice to see you in here as well dogs are the best friends nice to see you here also crypto channel nice to uh, see you also hope everybody's excited today and pumped up to learn about some youtube stuff and um again if you have uh you know a question if this is your first time here i'm going to just go ahead and drop the link here down in the form or right here into the chat but as we get into this, I do want to let you know that um, today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery, help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are effective for the people that you're trying to reach. Um, they've also got some workflow stuff built in. For example, if you need to bulk update a bunch of uh, a bunch of your descriptions, let's say you have a link in there and you're like, man, I got to change that link or that thing that I was you know recommending, it's no longer there or whatever the thing is, then you can just change you know everything across whatever descriptions it has happens to be in. It's just a find and replace tool, which is pretty cool. Um, they've also got AI tools that help you isolate different parts of your videos based on how viewers have responded to them to let you know, just to get a good idea of which uh, which areas in your video might be a good short, things like that. But you can try them out for yourself at tubebuddy.com slash Nimmin. But this is important. If you do try TubeBuddy right now for a uh, very limited time, so they went ahead and let their Black Friday thing roll. So, you know, we don't have Black Friday until next time. However, they've already put their Black Friday th uh, promotion out. So you can save, I believe it's 40%. Yeah, 40% off on TubeBuddy plans. So basically all you have to do is when you're checking out, put all, A-L-L, 40 at checkout and then it will reduce your price um, as you are going into it. So if you're somebody that's been on the fence with TubeBuddy um, or you've been waiting for Black Friday to you know to, to, to start using it, um, you can go ahead and do that now because they are having that promotion, um, which will save you a little bit of money on signing up, which is um, you know of course always a win. As you can tell, D is not here. He's got a really funny story. He's better at storytelling than I am, so I'm gonna let him uh, tell you 
what is going on there and why he's not here when we meet up uh, for next week's stream. Um, but he just had some, you know, stuff that he is, uh, you know, doing. So because of that, you know, he uh, he wasn't able to come to some uh, unfortunate, a series of unfortunate events has happened to D. And uh, because of that, it's caused him not to be able to show up here today. But um, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to stream this every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that I use StreamYard is because it's easy. Um, it makes it easy for me to put graphics on the screen like you can see right here, makes it easy for me to bring on guests when guests come on. Um, it makes it to where I can have private chats with you know anybody that happens to be on the stream um, over in just like a whole other chat area. You can add background music, um, you can pin comments to the screen, which is really cool. We'll go ahead and just pick a pick a random comment here. We'll just go ahead with Drew Project. What's going on, my dude? Hope you're doing great. But you can pin comments to the screen and all kinds of, uh, you know, really cool stuff. In addition to that, if you have some type of tech issue, they make it easy to where you don't have to worry about losing everybody that was hanging out in your stream because StreamYard will hold the stream open for, I think it's 10 minutes, which then gives you time to come back in on your phone um, while you're getting everything set back up, which is pretty cool. And StreamYard also has an app as well now. So if you are bringing on guests, you can just send them the link. They can come in through the app, and it makes that whole process even smoother than it already was, which is great. So with all that stuff out of the way, super excited to get into the stream today. Again, if this is your uh, first time here, or if you just have a question about anything it is that you're doing on YouTube, there is a form um, that is down in the description. Again, I'm just going to drop it uh, for you here just to make life easy for you today. I'm um, going to drop it right here into the chat. So if you have any questions, make sure that you get them down into that form. So the very first question that we have today, we're just going to go ahead and get into it. And uh, before we do, by the way... Um, let's see here. Which button is it? There we go. Um, if if this is something that you have participated in before and you know it's going to be a good time. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Needed to do that so I could have a quick sip of coffee. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, get this party started. So, Adventures with Time is our very first question today. Tube Spanner in the house, thank you for the super chat. Says, I was going to post a Thanksgiving joke, but I've quit joke telling. I've gone cold turkey. <laughs> nice. I like that one. That's a good one. Love it. Thank you for the super chat, and thank you for swinging by with the jokes. Love it. Um, Adventures with Time says they upload one time per week or more. They've been making videos for one year or more. The type of channels watch reviews. Um, the goal of the channel is to educate people and a side hustle with their YouTube channel. The question is, I want to market my Amazon book in one of my YouTube videos. Should I make a short or a long form video? And how can I include a direct Amazon link to my book in both formats, maybe a clickable image or a QR code? So I would not do the QR code in YouTube Shorts. Um, however, um, I would just put that link to your book in your bio um, or on your channel page. Um, you can add that to your creator links and then you can just send people from your short directly into that. Keep in mind, they're gonna need some context. Like if, you're, if your short is like, hey, what's going on? I just published my book, go check it out, links in my bio. Um, you know, some people, you know, might just out of curiosity, go see what it's about, but at scale, um, you know, there's no real context there. So I would definitely try to work in context of some kind, but if you make a longer video, then in that particular case, there's a bunch of different ways that people can find that YouTube can recommend it to people and you can actually add some content there so that as you are talking about something else that maybe is related to your book, you can spread awareness about the book that you have available. 
So I would just consider, you know, taking an approach like that. Um, because like when you start burning in QR codes and things like that, it can get a little bit um, complicated. So one thing that is important to remember is that the reason that YouTube took away the links from pinned comments and descriptions, the clickable links is because, you know, they're trying to cut down on spam and things like that. If you put a QR code in there, um, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if I was running YouTube and I was trying to cut down on spam and all of that, one of the things that I would do is I would actually limit the reach of videos with QR codes in them if it was a short, because what you're doing there is you're trying to circumvent that um, that particular thing that they took away to where people can't go somewhere directly out of YouTube shorts. Technically, that might even get you a community guidelines violation. I'm not sure. Um, but basically, YouTube has a rule in their community guidelines about not circumventing their features. So for example, if there's anything going on that adds any type of limitation, and you try to go around it in some way, like let's say, for example, you have two YouTube channels. One of those channels gets a strike, and since it gets a strike, it makes it to where you cannot um, live stream on that particular channel. If you share like a community post or something like that, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna be live streaming over on this other channel instead, then what that's doing is that circumventing that penalty, and then therefore you can get in trouble there. So because of that, I would just be uh, careful when it comes to adding QR codes because they might, um, and they can be finicky sometimes, right? Um, especially when it comes to security and stuff like that. So they might, um, you know, cause some issues with that. So just be aware that there may, and I'm not saying there is, but there may be um, a risk attached to that that might not be worth, uh, that might not be worth taking. But long form video though, you can, you know, put all the links that you want and everything it is that you need to do there. Um, and then you should be good to go. Um, so your Glee Span Designs, thank you for the super, super sticker. Chat. Super appreciate it. And uh, let's see your Sketch My Story, thank super you for chat. the super sticker as well. Always appreciate it. So the uh, next question that we have here on our list, uh, we're on number two now. And if you are just joining us, the form for this, um, I actually posted it earlier in the chat, so you might be able to find it that way, or there's a direct link to the form where you can put your question down in the description. It's free to get your question um, answered. You just put it down there, and then as long as we get to it in the queue today, then, um, then it'll get answered. So Design Burst is our next channel. They upload every other day. They've been... They've been making videos for less than six months. They do interior design content. The goal of the channel is to educate our viewer and improve our skills. The question is, our interior design channel has been on YouTube for five months and was recently monetized. Um, currently, our team consists of five members, two architects and three apprentices. We handle the editing ourselves and use 3D rendered interiors for our content. We've been using AI voiceovers, but two days ago, we heard that YouTube is going to be stricter with content creators who use AI. Should we hire a voiceover artist or is using AI still okay? We tried doing voiceovers and using a camera and it was really challenging. Thanks for your advice over the past weeks. Our team has also used YouTube as a training ground to get better at 3D rendering and visual presentations. Awesome. So um, when it comes to AI, um, how that whole thing is rolling out, is they are going to, hey, we got Mike Russell in the house. What's going on, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. So Mike is saying that he likes this. Super chat. Right there. Uh, Mike is actually the one that made this one. Thanks for watching Nimin Live. Remember to check out our sponsors and other useful resources in the description below this stream. See you next week. And he made this one. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now.
Yep. So really quick. So just a heads up. So uh, Tom Nash says, Mike, my audio sucks. I need help. So really quick. Uh, so Mike Russell, they have a service. It's called Music Radio Creative. He's a he's a content creator, too. You can just go click on his channel and see everything he does. Um, but they have a service called Music Radio Creative where they make stuff like that. So if anybody here is looking for any type of like voiceover stuff, they do that. Um, if anybody's looking for any type of, you know, sound, I don't even know what those are called. Um, the effects thing that I just played, um, then, you know, they can make that kind of stuff as well. But I highly recommend them. Can't brag about him enough. <laughs> really good at what it is that they do. Um, so make sure that you uh, make sure that you check them out. But when it comes to the um, to the AI thing, one of the uh, things that YouTube is doing is it's not that they're necessarily penalizing everything. Um, it's that they are going to require disclaimers. So, you know, currently, if you have a piece of sponsored content, uh, you have to disclose that it is a piece of sponsored content. And then that allows YouTube to put that little notice up on the top as people are either coming into the stream or they're coming into that video. So even if you disclose it in the stream or the video, it still lets the viewer know that, you know, the things that you're talking about or whatever might be incentivized in some way. So then it's just that, you know, that layer of protection for the viewer. Um, when it comes to the AI disclaimers, it's the same thing where with those, if you are using AI for certain things with your videos, like let's say you have, you know, everything where it's like voiceover and like everything it is that you're doing is AI, um, then in that particular case, you are going to have to uh, disclose that as well. So it's just going to be one box that you have to check and then you're good to go from there. Now, as long as people are responding to your content, then in that particular case, you should be perfectly fine. Um, and I would continue on the path that you're doing, but just keep in mind that as soon as that disclaimer starts popping up, um, we're going to see if viewers care or not, you know, once, once that starts rolling out. So, you know, some viewers might start being finicky about that where other viewers, you know, could probably care less as long as they're getting some type of value out of the content. So for example, YouTube shorts and on TikTok, sometimes if it's something educational or something that I find interesting, I'll sit there and watch it, even though it's clearly an AI voice. And I can even tell the service it came from. I'm like, oh, that's 11 labs. And that's their um, default guy from, you know, 11 labs. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. <laughs> but um, when it comes to those types of things, um, you know, as long as you have that disclosure, you're going to be fine. But if you want to just give yourself the best possible chance where you're not creating any of those types of scenarios where it's like, hey, somebody comes in here for the people that are going to be weird about interacting with AI content. Maybe we can just go ahead and get ahead of that since we're building out our archive. And instead of having, uh, you know, all of these AI voiceovers, maybe we do have a voiceover artist do it. Or maybe, you know, we have somebody on our team just start doing the voiceover because, you know, keep in mind when it comes to, to voiceover stuff, there's professional voiceover where, you know, things have a certain cadence and they're using their voice in you know, really interesting ways and all that. And in some cases it can sound kind of commercially, but if it's just you, or somebody in your team talking about what it is that somebody's seeing on screen. In that particular case, that's perfectly fine, and I think that that would be acceptable. Um, one thing that you can do is you can also use services, um, you know, to where maybe you would hire a voiceover person for every single video. Mike is probably like, "Hey, man, be quiet! Don't say this." <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for one of those situations where you might, you know, uh, rack up a fee hiring a, you know, voiceover artist for every video, especially if you make long videos, um, in that particular case, 
you know, you might take some of that money and you might want to try having somebody on the team doing the voiceover and just talk, right? Just talk in your normal, just like you guys were hanging out, you know, at the office or something, talking that way. And then edit it up, right? Take it into like um, Adobe Audition or Audiate or something like that and, um, and edit it. So, you know, everything kind of flows together. If they have to make multiple takes on it, that's perfectly fine. And then... Once you are finished with it, either one, learn to process the audio directly there, or um, Adobe Premiere now has a feature, and it, they might be rolling this out into Audition as well, I'm not sure, um, but you can actually just send it to um, Adobe Enhance right there on the spot. And what Adobe Enhance is, is they take your audio and then their AI processes your audio, removes background noise, and it makes it sound really good. So that might be an option in order to uh, in order to give yourself, you know, um, you know, some good quality, you know, voiceover. But what I can recommend is if you're going to be doing voiceovers, so these microphones are great because they take away a lot of the background noise. However, these types of microphones. Um, let me take it off of the mount here. These types of microphones, the shotgun microphones, either an XLR or whatever, um, these are also really good because these will pick up a lot more range um, and it just kind of makes it sound a little bit less deep and, and things like that. So these have a tendency to add like a heavy, you know, low end to them and it makes everything sound kind of, uh, you know, deep, but these make things sound a little bit more natural, which is really good. So a lot of people will use microphones like these for, uh, you know, for doing voiceover work. There's actually one, um, like the microphone supposedly is a Sennheiser shotgun mic um, that a lot of the voiceover people use as well, um, just because of you know the 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 range um, that it picks up in terms of the audio frequencies. So just some stuff to uh, to consider there when it comes to that. Zach talks tech member for 19 months. Thanks, my dude. Super uh, appreciate that. Super BRG says I don't have any AI um, on my channel, um, but I enjoy voiceover stuff. Nice. Amy Johnson, what's going on? Nice to uh, see you in here. Hope that you are doing great. Tom says, bring back all our questions. You know, I'm tempted to do that sometimes, but you know, but I also know the you know workload um, behind it, and you know, part of the fun for that particular uh, part of the fun for that particular channel was you know the entire process. So you know, sitting there and writing the scripts out. You know, you guys know you're content creators, um, but basically writing everything out there, and then you know the fun stuff that I would do with the recordings, and then you know I would spend a ton of time editing those videos. So you know, so because of that, um, you know, it probably won't happen. At least not you know in the in the immediate future. We got Brian G. Johnson in the house. What's going on, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Absolutely love it. Um, next question that we have, we are going to uh, hop into the question number three here. So that one covered AI stuff in your videos. Um, next, we've got uh, trying to learn bikes. And hey, really quick, uh, while we're talking about AI stuff, so I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the news or not, um, for those of you that are here. Um, but uh, YouTube is going to be rolling out, I think they're calling it Dream Studio. And with this, you are going to be able to make music and add voice to that music using AI for shorts. Um, and, you know, people like T-Pain, for example, and some other artists, they are giving permission to, you know, use their voices and that sort of thing. So people are also going to, you know, be making music for their content and all of that using AI. And I'm not sure 
if those AI disclosures are going to automatically pop up if, you know, a creator uses something like that, you know, that's built in by YouTube, or if you'll still be, uh, you know, responsible disclosing that I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Um, Ria Torres, I hope I'm saying that correctly, says YouTube voice recognition for Portuguese isn't accurate. Um, so to make subtitles, I have to use paid software, um, better than YouTube. Do you think that they'll improve eventually? Um, or is this not an issue? Um, I do think that they'll improve eventually, especially right now, because they are rolling out the, um, the voice audio as well. So basically how things are going to be in the future is they are going or they're in the process of making it to where you can already translate all of your metadata, meaning your title, your description, your uh, your captions on your video, and you can already translate those. And then people that are looking around YouTube for specific things are getting recommended content in those areas that you have everything translated into. They'll see the title and description, you know, in their native language. Now, what is cool that is currently being rolled out very slowly is that you can also upload audio dubs. Now there's services, of course, that Google's partnered with where we'll be able to do some of this directly in here. I'm hopping on a call with a guy next Friday um, that is also you know, doing this particular thing for content creators. And with all of these, basically how, how they work is you are gonna be able to upload your audio and then YouTube uh, and these other services, they will translate your audio, what you're actually hearing without people having to read it. Um, they're gonna translate that and then people are going to hear what it is that you're that you're saying and it's going to go the other direction too so like in your case you know because you're on portuguese it's also going to go in the other direction to where you're going to be able to upload in portuguese and then you're going to be able to use these services and then make your content accessible to the english-speaking market as well so how that whole thing is going to work is somebody's going to see the metadata and they're going to see everything just like they're seeing it in their language so for example i'm in thailand right so because of that i get localized into um uh YouTube dot, I think it's dot co dot th or whatever, or it might be youtube.com, but it basically has like a little th next to the logo and they will show me Thai language content and everything, title, description, everything's in Thai language. Um, what is going to happen is people are going to be able to upload uh, their videos. They're going to be able to use that service in order to translate it. And then whatever languages they translate it in, this is the cool part. If somebody sees your packaging right your your thumbnail and title and your titles in that language and they're like oh this looks interesting and they click on it when they come into the video youtube is going to automatically show them the captions in that language and they're going to automatically play the audio track in their language as well as long as you've uploaded that audio track for their language so that is in my opinion, absolutely incredible. And the reason for that is because it's going to open up all of our different, you know, niches that we have. It's going to open that up for everybody else and everybody else's niches, you know, um, all over the place. It's going to open them up for us as well. And we're going to get exposed to all these, you know, different content creators. It, it's going to be fantastic. So, um, you know, because of that, just be ready for those audio dubs, um, because they are definitely um, going to, you know, start changing the game for some creators. Um, the example for the guy that reached out to me um, that I'm going to hop on a call with next Friday, um, he has one channel that he's working with, and they translated their content into 35 different languages with the audio dubs. And now he's thriving in some of those areas as well. So it's, it's just helped him grow his, you know, his channel into those areas also. Um, so pretty, pretty powerful stuff. 
Zach Talks Tech, super thanks chat. for the Super Chat Man, says, um, Nick, thanks for everything you do uh, for creators. Um, would love to chat about your journey more. I'll DM with you uh, with details. Cheers, absolutely. My DMs are always open for you, my man. So yeah, definitely um, shoot that over my way when you, uh, when you get the opportunity. Um, so let's hear. So next question that we have on the list, so we can get back uh, on track over here and really quick trying to uh, or learn Spanish world. What's going on, man? Hope you're doing great. It says, hey, um, hey, everyone, long time no see. I'm back after three months. Welcome back. Hope that uh, hope that everything has went well and that your uh, that three months was, you know, positive, positive stuff. Uh, but trying to learn bikes, uh, they're channel is motorcycle maintenance and the goal of the channel is to create quality diy videos the question is if a subscriber count is thought of as a vanity metric other than watch time hours what is the second important metric to laser focus on so subscriber count is thought of as a vanity metric but it's still important right because it unlocks different features on youtube um it causes people to perceive you in certain ways um in addition to that you get you know awards you know the, the the physical you know play button that comes along with it so there, it has its place. The reason people talk about it being more of a vanity, vanity metric now is because just because you have a lot of subscribers doesn't mean that your videos are gonna do well because your subscribers aren't necessarily all going to see, get recommended those videos. So that's the idea when it comes to the subscriber count. But um, in terms of, you know, in addition to watch time hours, um, I would focus on your audience retention, right? Which, which is in alignment with watch time hours, but I would focus on your retention and I would fo focus on your click-through rate. Um, I would also pay really close attention and I would uh, look at how, pe how much people are completing your videos and look for the amount of people that are going from video to video. So, you know, you can go to your end screens and you can see how people are uh, converting over into your end screens as well. Um, so, you know, I would pay attention to those sorts of things as well because they're super important. Like if you if you have somebody watch one video in its entirety on YouTube, it's a great signal to YouTube and, you, and the system is gonna be like, okay, this user really liked this video. Uh, so because of that, let's start showing them some other content from the library here. But if they watch to the end of that video and then they watch another video and then they watch another video because you've made it easy for them to do that, then in that particular case, YouTube is gonna chase them all over the platform for a while, showing them your content, um, which is a lot more powerful than anything else that you can do uh, when it comes to your channel. Um, let's see here, so next up. Yeah, Tom says CTR one and retention two. The um, the logic there is you can't get people to click. It doesn't matter how good the videos are, right? So like if uh, if you you know can get people to click, that's step one in the process. And then from there, then you got to start worrying about you know how good you are at keeping people watching the uh, the content. Um, let's see here. So we did trying to learn bikes. Let's keep on trucking here. My pleasure. Trying to learn bikes. And hey, Doug, I think I might have figured out, we're gonna find out. Um, I'm gonna let you know here later in the stream because it usually clogs over time, but I think I might've figured out a way to uh, to fix the, the the hangups that tend to happen you know, after, after we've been streaming for a while. Um, I'll share that with you uh, later. If it works, I'll share it with everybody, um, but I'll, I'll share the experiment with you later. Tom Nash Report is our uh, next channel here on the list. Says uh, they do geopolitics. The goal of the channel is to develop an audience for global deep dive content. The question is, currently focused on the um, Israel war, but at some point we want to expand to wider topics, but not sure when and how to make um, that expand. 
So right now, what you are doing, if you're covering that, is you are basically um, venturing into the area of basically just covering current events. So right now, you know, that's a pretty big, you know, deal. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, watching content around that. So because of that, it's a huge opportunity right now, um, especially, you know, like in your case, because you have no problem sharing, like, you know, strong opinions about stuff and things like that, which is something that people love. So in your particular case, that's a huge win. Um, but in terms of where to go from here, um, you know, you are probably going to be talking about that for a while. Um, but once, you know, uh, once you're not talking about that anymore, then there's going to be something else. You know, you know how it is. There's always something that's going on that, you know, that everybody's kind of rallying around and everybody's interested in for you know periods of time so um, in your particular case I would just use this as the way to collect all the people that are interested in that and then you know once uh, you know this uh, you know gets uh, you know not as in everybody's awareness as much or once they resolve the conflict or you know whatever the situation ends up being there um, then in that particular case I would just go to the next thing and become you know like a, a current events you know type of uh, person that keeps people up to date with what is going on uh, you know in the world around all the hot topics because uh, when it comes to when it comes to you know um, those types of things I mean that's how news channels survive you know that's how news networks survive is by tapping into those people that are wanting to know what's going on in the world. And when you are wanting to know what's going on in the world, like the news is great, but everybody knows that that comes with stuff attached to it. So when you have individuals that you can start getting their insights on, especially if they have, you know, unique insights that they can give and strong opinions and things like that. I mean, that's, it's, it's just a, you know, it's a recipe for, for winning <laughs> on the creator side of things, because then you just become that resource for what's going on in the world. And then people will come to you just to get your opinion on any little thing that happens, which is a really good place to be in long-term. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list here, we've got um, Becoming Nirel. Becoming Nirel, uh, they do travel mindset and wellness content. The goal of the channel is to build a community and attract an audience that will be interested in my business, online wellness, retreats, and classes. And the question is, I'm rebranding my channel. I want to focus less on me and more on what my business will offer. I'm still working out my target audience. Should I continue posting on my channel or just wait until my avatar is clear and aligned with my business client? Um, what I would do in your particular situation is right now, if you're working on who your audience is going to be, then the best thing that you can do is start testing the waters. So you could wait um, if you wanted to, but if you already have activity going and you're trying to, you know, um, you know, just keep yourself in that in, in, in uh, being active in terms of the process of coming up with uh, the content ideas, creating the content, publishing them onto the platform, and doing that, you know, uh, you know, repeatedly over time, then you know, maintaining that consistency within yourself of continuing to do the thing is important because it's really easy to all of a sudden fill up those places in your life with other things and then stop being able to produce content because all of a sudden you magically don't have time for it. Um, so because of that. Um, I would, you know, keep working on the content. You don't necessarily have to publish it, but I would keep working on it. Um, but uh, one thing that you might want to do, though, is just start making some videos in the direction that you think you're going to go and start putting them out and kind of testing the water and to see how people respond to them. That might also just give you some deeper insights on, you know, on exactly who is or who is not the perfect fit for what it is that you're going to be doing uh, moving forward. Good question, though. Unique question. 
Um, super Learn chat. Spanish World, thanks for the super chat. It says, I haven't uploaded in almost three months because I've been traveling, filming for future videos. My views are down. Um, how can I recover, rekindle my viewers' interest in my content? So you're probably going to have a, um, a period. We're going to have to build things up a little bit. Um, keep in mind, all it takes is one video to come out and kind of you know get everything moving again. But if things have slowed down a little bit, um, let's see here. Yep, I see it, uh, Doug. I will uh, hop into here for that. Thank you. Um, but basically, uh, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of activity happening on your channel right now, then you're not in the recent viewer history, you know, of a lot of people that were probably, uh, interacting with your content on a regular basis. And because of that, um, you know, you are going to have to build that back up again. One good video will get you there. Um, but you know, if, uh, uh, if that, those first videos that you publish aren't, you know, you know, high performance videos in terms of how people are responding to them, then in that particular case, um, uh, you know, just get back into the habit of publishing again on a regular basis, you know, uh, with what it was that you were doing before. Um, and, you know, just start doing the thing again. But one thing to keep in mind is that inside of your analytics, uh, you will see so if you log into your analytics, you're going to see um, a list of and this is on, on the main page. So you don't even have to go into advanced mode for this. But basically, when you log into your analytics, when you scroll down, you're going to see all the videos that are driving the channel right now, um, it's going to list them in order of the ones bringing in the most traffic down to the ones that are bringing in the least. And what you can do is you can just look at those topically. And you can say, Okay, these are the ones that the people that have been interacting with my channel recently, if you take your date range down to, let's say, 28 days, these are the people that have been interacting with my channel recently. So because of that, um, this is the biggest you know, audience, so to speak, across these videos um, that they've been interacting with. So these next videos that I'm going to publish on my channel to kind of, you know, kickstart this thing again, I need to make sure that they would be a perfect next video for those people that have recently been interacting with the content. And, um, and by doing that, you're just going to ensure that topically, you're making something that is in alignment with the interest of those people that are, you know, that uh, have been enjoying the content while you've been away. Um, let's see here. Um, it kind of goes back and forth. Um, so I've, I've noticed it the other direction, actually. Um, so yeah, it just kind of goes back and forth. Like, I'm not sure exactly what it is. But like I said before, you know, one video um, can, you know, get one good video can, you know, get everything back on on track again. Um, so you know, it could just be that you're putting out bangers. <laughs> you know, if you take a break, could be that. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, one good video can get you right back on track because then you have all of those people that are you know um, interacting with your content again. Um, and it also is dependent on your content as well. So if you have evergreen content and that evergreen content, like let's say you have a very uh, heavy search-based channel, and because of that, when you take long breaks, your traffic hardly moves at all in terms of any, you know you hardly take any loss um, because search traffic is so stable. Then in that particular case. You you know, you still have a lot of people that have been inter interacting with the channel. But if you have a more recommendation-based channel to where, you know, your stats are always going like this all the time um, based on the content decisions that you make and then videos will die out and, you know, things like that, um, then in that particular case, that's where it's, you know, uh, that's where you'll notice those, those breaks the most. Next up, we've got Captivating Cats. Captivating Cats says that they do daily content, been on YouTube for less than a year. They do live stream content. The goal of the channel is to build a brand around content creation. Hey, you know what? As a matter of fact, I think I still have a graphic in here. Um, let me switch this over to the TubeBuddy branding here really quick. And then uh, this is something that YouTube uh, mentions. So they have two things here. One, 
oh, I didn't even notice that that was kind of transparent a little bit. But they say, one, if you take a break, um, they say uh, it may take some time to warm up your audience again. But they also say um, that they studied thousands of channels that took a break and found no correlation between break length and the changes in views. Keep in mind, it may take some time to warm up your audience again, which as they get back into the regular viewing routines, which to me sounds like an impact, but you know. That's uh, nuance, I guess. And then another thing they say, which is uh, kind of contradicts that, is they say here um, for the question of why is my channel getting less traffic from home and suggested, um, they say that there are many reasons for a channel view, uh, channel's viewership to increase and decline over time. Here are some of the most common reasons for drops in traffic from recommendations, and one of those is uploading less frequently than usual. So, of course, part of that is that you, uh, you know, you don't have that new content that goes through those testing periods where it has the potential to be in front of a lot more people in that particular system. Um, but they also have similar language, and I don't have a screenshot for this one, um, as it relates to search specifically. Um, and basically, it says pretty much the same thing in terms of, you know, uh, not uploading can also uh, impact the search traffic as well. Um, so next up here, we've got uh, the question. Actually, I got to answer uh, these really quick. So first off, okay, we did sketch my story. We did uh, Glee Span Designs. iPhone Chris, chat. thank you for the super chat, my man. Super appreciate it. Um, Home super Rapid chat. Repair says, I finally put up my first affiliate link and one commenter acted shocked that this becomes more of a paid thing. Viewers think content creators, uh, content creation happens for free. Yeah, if you want to see that on steroids, go to uh, Reddit right now and hop on the YouTube subreddit, and you're going to see this huge drama scene of people freaking out over YouTube blocking ad blockers. Because again, you know, they're like, hey, guest content creators will just make everything for free, and they don't understand how ads work and things like that as it relates to the content creators on the free content that they're watching. But yeah, some people, you know, are weird about that. Like when I make videos on apps and software and, you know, all of that stuff, one thing to keep in mind is that when you are bringing attention to something, that there are some people that just think everything in life should be free. They're usually kids um, or, you know, just, you know, very young people. Um, those people think that everything in life should be free. Whereas, um, you know, you will still reach people that understand like, well, yeah, of course, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to, you know, use a service, then of course, you know, that's something that, you know, that I'm probably going to have to pay for. So, you know, just keep in mind that the response of the people that aren't willing to pay will help you get in front of more people that are willing to pay. So, uh, so keep that in mind as well. Captivating Cats is uh, next up on the list. They do uh, live streams content. This is the one that I didn't get to because uh, I started talking about something else. The goal of the channel is to build a brand around content creation. The question is, I currently stream with a PNG as my avatar. Do you think it would be more beneficial if I stream with a face cam? Considering it, uh, but held back because I'm unsure of how to answer questions that seem invasive about my identity. So... Yeah. So when you are live streaming, part of the live stream thing is, you know, connecting with people, right? Um, yeah, this right here too, right? Um, but, you know, part of the thing is, uh, you know, connecting with people when you're live streaming. So when you when you live stream, you can live stream stuff that that isn't about, uh, you know, uh, like, for example, music channels. For music channels, they'll have 24-7 uh, uh, streams, 
And on those 24-7 live streams, hey, Shark Scrapper, what's going on, man? Um, for those particular live streams, they, uh, you know, they'll have graphics or, you know, they'll have some other cool stuff going on to where the person isn't on camera. But in your case, if you're building a brand around content creation, then it's going to be a little bit more challenging because people are going to want to, like, talk to you, right? Um, so there are faceless channels helping people with content creation right now. However, um, you know, that, that human element is really important when it comes to YouTube, especially if you're going to be, you know, teaching people stuff and things like that. Um, so one thing that you might want to consider is if you are trying to, you know, stay anonymous, then you can set things up in a way to where they don't necessarily see your face. So I have a video on my channel about uh, how to make it's it's probably within the last two years that I've made it, but it's basically about, you know, making content without showing your face, but in a way that isn't like, you know, corny per se. So for example, one of the ideas is to where instead of the camera being here, you have the camera back here. So their view, you know, they see, you know, they see like the back of you. So you could have, you know, like the camera back here and then they see like your computer and they see the back of you and all of that. So again, not as personal, but you know, it would get the uh, job done per se. And you'll find out quickly as people come into the stream, you'll probably get the most engagement around why aren't you turned around or why do you have your back to us? But, but that is a way that you can accomplish that particular, uh, that particular thing. But I would definitely check out that video. But uh, for the question of what a ping is or a PNG, so basically um, it is a, how can I explain this? Um, let me just show you. So right here, you see how when I put this up on the screen, how um, all of this area here, there's nothing there. Um, so it allows for that transparency. So with a ping, um, you can export transparent graphics like this, like the one that you see here on the screen. Um, you can also tr um, export graphics in a way um, that it doesn't have any quality loss. So for example, if I am creating like stream overlays, then in that particular case, I'm going to, even if it's full screen, I'm gonna export it as a ping. And the reason for that is because the, J, the JPEG compression, which is another image format, the JPEG compression will already reduce the quality. And then the streaming software is, all, is also going to, you know, reduce the quality in terms of the internet is going to um, reduce the quality a little bit too. So it just gives you that little bit of a edge that, you know, that it's one step up from, you know, just using like a, a compressed JPEG. Um, let's see here. So next up, hey, really quick, super Nate the Lawyer, chat. thanks for the super chat, man. Super appreciate it. Says, uh, began watching Nick in 2019, unmonetized, took advice, worked tirelessly, remained steadfast. Now I receive millions of views weekly. Nice work, dude. Hard work and persistence, not luck, transform my life. Quality triumphs, don't give up. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Love when those uh, stories come in. And I, I love when content creators who um, are doing the thing um, and they're having success with, success with what it is that they're doing. I love it when they come in and they inspire other creators. Absolutely love it. That's such a valuable thing. And, and I'm not sure for those of you, you know, that, that do that. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, if, if you think about that or not, but like when, when people see 
other content creators that have walked the path that they're trying to walk when they see them come into you know like chats like this they see them making posts on reddit or on facebook or whatever and the whole thing is look i started here now i'm here you can do it too that message is so powerful and and that message can keep people going right because there's a lot of people and i'm sure there's a lot of people here you know or at least some people here right now that are probably like man, if this next video doesn't pop, I'm out of here, <laughs> right? So like, you know, those types of messages, um, they help, uh, you know, they, they help inspire people and help keep people going because, you know, part of it is, you know, learning all the stuff, but another part of it is like giving yourself time to actually do the thing, right? Um, give yourself time for it to work out. So, uh, so thank you for coming in and dropping that message, you know, super, super appreciated. And Tom, thanks for the uh, kind words as well, my dude. Super appreciate that also. Um, so next up we've got here for the, uh, questions, let's say captivating cast. Did we do this one? Okay. Yep. We did. Uh, next up we've got, uh, tarot, tarot. I always have trouble with that. Tarot, 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 tarot your way. Tarot your way does biweekly content. Um, the type of channel is tarot education and entertainment. The goal is to teach. And the question is vanity channel only, but still want to grow subs. Any strategy tips to grow subscribers provide value with what it is that you do. Value is interpreted, interpreted in tons of different ways. Um, people find value in being motivated. People find value in learning something new. People find value in getting challenged. Um, you know, like Tom Nash is in here. He's really good at that because, you know, he does share strong opinions and those opinions challenge people. So, you know, he's got people that are, um, that, you know, align with his opinions and they're like, yeah, get it. And then he's got people that hate his opinions and those people are still coming in and watching his videos just so they can argue with him in the comment section. So when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, value, you know, people get value in a bunch of, you know, different ways. So in your case, people are getting value from you probably out of the entertainment from what it is that you do. Plus they're using you as a, um, uh, a, a resource of sorts in order to get, you know, the tarot card information around what it is that they're doing and that kind of stuff. So that's the value. So as long as you're doing that in a good way, then people will continue to subscribe over time. Make sure that you are asking for people to subscribe in a way that is not interruptive to their viewer experience because that also causes people to subscribe, not because you're necessarily telling them to subscribe, but because you're reminding them to subscribe. Because if you make good content and they're into the content and they're enjoying that, then they're thinking about the content. They're thinking about, you know, what that content, not thinking about what it means to them, but they're just like experiencing it. They're not even, you know, considering other things. So when you drop those little reminders in there, um, they they convert people and they just remind people like, oh yeah, I am enjoying this. Let me let me hit that let me hit that button. So um, you know, having those little reminders is definitely something that uh, that you can do also. But it, it's going to come down to your value though, and then also make sure that you are thinking about scale. You know, like I'm not sure I'm gonna, I'm actually going to look at your channel right now. Um, I'm not sure um, in terms of how things are currently doing on your channel. I'm looking right now. So yeah, other little details, you know, like right now, um, I would also make sure, cause I'm looking at your channel. Um, I would start, um, like if you're uploading a piece of content that is, um, horizontal, then, or like, if you're going to upload a long form video, instead of uploading a vertical video, make it horizontal, or instead of having a square, make it take up the whole screen. Um, make sure that you are lighting everything properly because here it looks like you know some of the uh you know some of the footage seems to be like really bright and blown out um that kind of stuff you also have no real context with your titles so for example here you have chariot 
and that's all it says. So you got the cards there and then it says chariot, but there's no additional information there for somebody to decide if they wanna click on that or not. So one thing that you have to think about is I recommend that you go to all of the best tarot channels that you can run across. And when you run across, or when you are looking at those channels, compare your thumbnail and titles against what it is that they're doing. And right there, you're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, let, let me let me start, you know, working on taking better, you know, images, uh, better photos with this and so on. And keep in mind, you know, this stuff isn't easy. That's why, you know, it takes time for a lot of people. So, you know, some people have to learn, you know, how to take photos for their thumbnails. Some people have to learn how to design their thumbnails. Some people have to learn how colors work together. Some people need to learn how to edit. Some people need to learn how to present. Some people need to learn all of these different things. Some people need to learn how to, you know, write titles in an effective way. Some people need, you know, some people still just have to learn like, okay, so when somebody comes into my video, how do I just make this something that's for somebody else, right? Like some people are there too. So, you know, wherever you are in that you know journey just keep in mind that it's just a learning process so in order to get over those humps then you need to work on some of those things that uh that i just mentioned to get you over there um let's see here tom says uh remember my first video about sean uh which you hated for me being a douche but then you said may end up being your thing so who knows yeah nice yeah, that particular one. Yeah, I won't go into that story, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that was a that was an interesting start <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, let's see here. So next up, we've got. You know, did I do? Okay, Sir Stefan is our uh, next question here. They do space game guides. Um, the goal of the channel. Hey, do you guys see the um, the the SpaceX rocket? So basically, uh, in case you didn't, so uh, it happened like right before the stream started, uh, just a little bit, but uh, but they got it to where the main part got away and it was fine. But the uh, booster, I think it is that you know gets it off the ground. Uh, they lost that, so that ended up blowing into pieces uh, there. But the but the the important part that's supposed to circle the uh, the globe before it comes in and lands, um, that particular one uh, uh, did okay. At least it was doing okay. You know, when I closed it down and started getting ready for the stream. Ron and Sherry, my pleasure. Glad that you're enjoying the content. Monique, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. Welcome to the stream. So um, let's see here. So back on this one really quick. Um, so the goal of the channel is to educate, inform, share fun experiences, and the goal is monetization and full-time YouTuber. Question, should I upload shorts on the same content um, on the same content as my long videos have their own channel is to not hurt long form performance and have separate channel for peripherals and reviews? So here's what you want to do is regardless of the format that you are putting out, if it's live streams, if it's video content, if it's YouTube shorts, all you gotta do is know who it is that you're trying to reach with your content in terms of you know the specific you know type of viewer that you're trying to reach or know the theme or niche of your channel and then say, okay, so I'm getting ready to publish this or I'm getting ready to make this, right? Cause you, you wanna do this when you're actually coming up with the idea. So I'm getting ready to make this. Um, it's a short, it's a live stream I'm gonna do, it's a piece of video content, it's a podcast I'm gonna put out. Um, is this a good fit for those people that I'm trying to reach? If it's a yes, then it's fine on the same channel. If it's something that's different, so let's say for example here, you're doing um, uh, space game guides and reviews. So if you're doing space game guides and reviews, as long as it's something like that, it's gonna be a good fit. But if you are, doing space guide and reviews, and then you want to publish a short or a video or do a live stream about um, a camera that you use to make your videos, 
in that case, it's a disconnect, right? Because that doesn't add value to the people that you're reaching with the theme or niche of your channel, right? So because of that, you want to make sure that everything you do, that it's for, you know, that, that group. Um, when it comes to doing like the reviews and, you know, that sort of thing, you could experiment with putting that on the same channel because again, because um, it's peripherals. So because of that, you know, it would still be relative or important to people that are playing these games. So I would experiment with it and just see if people respond to it or not. And if they don't, then you might want to start, you know, a channel doing like, you know, game uh, peripheral reviews or, you know, something like that. Um, but I would, I would experiment with that one and, and just see if, uh, if, if, if your audience will respond well to that. Virtual hi-fi. Oops. Super chat. Thank you for Super Chat. Says I run an audiophile gear test channel testing with copyright free music. Got monetized. Uh in two months ago. Will my three dollar RPM go up if my channel grows over time? I can see my RPM growing, but it might be Christmas. Yeah, it, it's we're we're approaching that time of year. Um, but when uh when it comes to your RPM and CPMs just in general, um, it comes down to ad inventory, which is why it goes up, you know, around the holidays because, you know, people get pretty aggressive when it comes to advertising around the holidays. Um, so, uh, it comes down to ad inventory and it comes down to your content type or your content topics. Um, and it also comes down to the people that are interacting with your content. So right now in theory, let's say that you have people interacting with your content that are from a, like a lot of people, a majority of the audience, let's say they're interacting from a country that is um, not a high tier country when it comes to ad spend, just like me, I'm in Thailand right now. So because of that, here ads don't cost a lot of money. Um, there's not tons and tons. I mean, there's, they still have a lot of people running ads, but it's nothing compared to uh, what's happening in the US, for example. And it's usually like just the major companies that are running ads here to where in the US, you just got like marketer, yeah, like everybody like running ads in the States. So because of that, because everything is, you know, cheaper here when it comes to the ad spend, when um, I have Thai people and well, let's just do it this way, because I have, you know, people here that I know with Thai channels. And uh, for them to get the same amount of ad revenue that I get, well, let's just do it this way. With the amount of views that they get, what they're making, how can I, how can I explain this? Uh, we'll just do it this way. They need to get at least at a minimum five times more views on their videos in order to get the same, um, the same amount of ad revenue that I do. Um, they need to, they didn't, they need to do a five X in order to get the same amount and they get crushed in views too. tons and tons and tons of views, like sickening views, like tons and tons and tons of views, but they don't add up to a lot. I mean, they still do like, they'll still, you know, make $50,000 a month or, you know, $20,000 a month or whatever, but the amount of views that they get, like, uh, yeah, like if they were in the States. Um, and they had like a primary US audience, um, the amount of views that they are, you know, getting, they would easily hit, you know, a hundred, $150,000 a month in um, ad revenue or more. Easy. Um, so let's see here. So next up, we've got Gardening with Bear Brown. Um, they upload one time per week or more. They do gardening content. Goal of the channel is helping others learn how to grow food and go full time if I can one day. 
Question, my views are down and I noticed that one video has the bulk of my subs. The video is approaching 300,000 views. It's seasonal growing watermelons. How can I get my fall content moving? I see other gardeners, uh, gardening channels doing it or is it just growing pains for me right now? Thanks for all you do. So that video that is approaching 300,000 views has clues all over it. Um, so if you go into the retention for that particular video, you're gonna notice like, you know, little dips here and little like little lifts here and there. And those little movements um, really give can give you a lot of insights in terms of the things that you're doing in your videos that cause people to leave versus the things that you're doing that cause them to stay. In addition to that, the offering of that video has a clue. Um, the structure, um, the entire structure of that video has a clue. Um, any videos that they are watching in relation to that video, um, you know, because of that particular video, like for example, if you're getting them to your end screen and they're clicking on that particular video, that whole thing that's happening at the end of your videos is a clue. Um, the things that you've done in your thumbnail for that video are a clue. How you framed that video in terms of the title, you know, is also a clue. The actual topic obviously is a clue. Um, so I would just try to think first, I would go and study that particular video. Go look at all the numbers around it. Keep in mind that the numbers are simply a reflection of how people, you know, interact with it. But it gives you an idea, like when you compare it to other videos on your channel that are not performing, like the ones that you're publishing now, it gives you an idea of like, okay, so at this point in time, when this, this video that's performing had this many impressions on it, this is how people, uh, you know, were responding to this one compared to this one that has that many impressions where everything is way lower in comparison, right? So when it comes to impressions, that's an important thing that you have to make sure that you consider because when it comes to content, if it gets a lot of impressions on it or a lot more impressions compared to what it is that you're comparing it to, um, the more impressions that you get, the harder it is to maintain big numbers. So that's why you'll see people, they'll be like, man, you know, I've got, you know, 12 views on this. Um, and, you know, I've got like a, uh, you know, like an 8% click through rate. And, uh, and I don't understand, you know, why my video is not doing well. And it's like, well, you've only had, you know, a handful of people interacting with the content. So, you know, to be competitive, that didn't, that didn't cut the mustard, apparently. Um, and then when it comes to people that have successful videos, they'll be like, man, you know, my click through rates garbage, my retention's garbage, but my video is still thriving, like what's going on? It's because, you know, you're, you're having a lot of people are, that are interacting with that content and a lot, and when you get to scale like that, you know, people just have, you know, little nuance in terms of their interests to where a lot more people are just not as committed to each, you know, uh, each part of your video. So, um, so because of that, you know, there's major swings in both directions when it comes to content that is underperforming and when it comes to content that is uh, performing well. Um, let's see here. So, uh, really quick. So, um, can two broad topic channels, um, wait, can, can two broad a channels topics be detrimental to your development? DaVinci guides, OBS video, lighting, hardware reviews, chat GPT, productivity tips. So this is a really good question. So one thing that you want to think about here is as long as all of that is focused towards a particular, uh, particular audience, then it's fine. The, so for example, um, if you're doing DaVinci guides, um, then you're getting in front of, you know, editors. If you're doing OBS, you're getting in front of live streamers, right? This is the same, I've done the similar thing. Um, if you do lighting, then you're getting in front of both, right? Because lighting is important to streamers and video content creators. If you're doing hardware reviews, in that particular case, you're kind of on that line because when it comes to hardware reviews, if you frame the hardware review around it being something for editing or something for live streaming, then it's still in alignment. 
um, if it's just a hardware review on like a graphics card, then in that particular case, you could have a bunch of gamers coming in there and watching that video. They don't care about editing. They don't care about live streaming. They don't care about DaVinci. They don't care about OBS. They don't care about anything except, you know, how that's going to help them have a better game. So when it comes to the details of something like that, you have to make sure that you're framing it towards the audience. So for example, if I was going to make, if I was going to make a video about this, right, which is a uh, music making thing, then if I wanted this to happen on my channel, then what I would do in that particular case is I wouldn't make it a review about that. I wouldn't make it a thing about how to set it up or anything like that. Hold on, move this so I get the duck over here. There we go. I would make it about, you know, that kind of stuff. Instead, I would make it, I would make the video about how, uh, you know, YouTubers can make their own music. Right. And then I would show maybe something like this. I would show, you know, different software where, uh, you know, where people could, you know, put something together themselves, you know, a little bit easier than dealing with something like that and cheaper. So uh, so the whole idea is if you're going to be doing things that aren't in perfect alignment, then making sure that you are framing it in a way that makes it perfect alignment. OK, um, and you want to think about all of this before you commit to making the video. Also, you don't want to be dealing with this like after the fact, because it's going to change. If you think about, OK, this is how I'm going to frame it in my thumbnail and title, then that's going to also um, impact how it is that you're putting the content together. Um, so do that before you make the video. Same thing with chat GPT. If it's chat GPT for editors or for streamers or creators, good fit. Same thing with productivity tips, um, general productivity tips, not a great fit. But productivity tips for creators or for editors or for streamers, home run, right? Because then it's still for that same audience. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got, okay, we did that one already. So let me move that one. And uh, Virtual Super High Five chat. says, uh, one label allowed me to use their great music for free, but they can't whitelist my channel, so I'll get copyright claims. If 30% of my videos get copyright claims, will YouTube cancel my partner program? No, but I wouldn't use it. If, if you're going to be giving up that money for what it is that you're working on, it's not worth it. Like, um, even though it's great music, um, instead, I would either, you know, find your own music or I would use a service. Um, you know, we have a music service called Creator Mix that you can use. Um, there's also paid services um, like Epidemic Sound, for example. I might have a link to Epidemic Sound. I know I've got Creator Mix down in the description, but um, Epidemic Sound, they actually allow you to license their music. And as long as you're a subscriber to their service um, at the time of publish, then you're good to go. Um, however, you can't just download a bunch of stuff and then just use it whenever you want. You have to be a subscriber at the time of publish and then, you know, you're, you're good to go. And then you, you won't have to give up, you know, any of that revenue and you won't have to have all those little dings, you know, um, so to speak, hitting your channel. Um, let's see here. So, um, says, uh, Nishan Webb says, what is whitelist? So when it comes to a whitelist, um, what that is, and hey, hey uh, my thing's starting to get kind of weird here. So I'm going to test this thing that I was talking about, Doug. We're about to find out here. Um, let's see. Boom. Okay. So um, when it comes to the whitelist, um, the music services, some of them, they have where you can go in and you can put uh, like, okay, this is the YouTube channel it's going to be used on, or this is the video that it was used on. And then their system syncs up with YouTube's copyright ID system. And then that basically clears it. So if they, you know, if their system automatically flags you or whatever, then it will cross reference that whitelist and then it'll clear the, it'll clear the claim. 
Um, Lost Curry, what's up, dude? Hope that you are doing great. Says, hey, Nick, hope you're doing well. Um, best way to integrate an ad read in a video for best results without doing a dedicated video on it? Good question. So when it comes to, uh, looks like that thing that I was trying to do didn't help, Doug. <laughs> so when it comes to the uh, uh, doing ad reads and things like that in videos, um, unfortunately, if you do them at the beginning, which is where the brands will have the most exposure, um, it can impact your, uh, you know, it can impact your retention. So because of that, um, you know, in terms of like what you need to do, even if you are doing like something later in the video to where, um, uh, let's say you're like, Hey, I'm going to have just like this little segment about it, but I'm not going to do it until I'm like three or four minutes in. Then in that particular case, you are still in terms of YouTube's rules, you're still supposed to have just like a little thing in the beginning that says this video is brought to you by blah, blah, blah. And then you, you know, and then you have the content start. Um, and that whole thing is again, just to, you know, spread awareness, make sure you're compliant on their end. But in terms of a way to do it, um, there's, there's different concepts for this. So some people will just be like, okay, and now, you know, for our sponsor spot, that's what I do. It's just, it's, it's easy. Um, some people will actually build it in. So if you're a vlogger or something like that, this is a little bit easier, but some people will actually build the product into what it is that they're doing to where they'll create a problem as part of their story. And then people are coming into the video, they're enjoying the video as normal, but then they actually land on the brand product and they make it the hero of that particular, you know, story. So, you know, there's that approach and then that way it's not as interruptive, but it is still something that, you know, uh, spreads awareness about that product. And then, you know, they might even have a push to a call to action or whatever to let people know that it's available in their descriptions. Um, but in terms of best way, I would think about this one, um, uh, first figure out exactly what it is that the brand wants. Um, in some cases they just want the awareness, other places they want direct clicks, things like that. So if it is something where they want direct clicks, then in that particular case, you might want to put it as close to the front as you can within reason. So for example, have like your hook, start to get into the content real quick and then, you know, drop it in there. Um, uh, you know, so it's like, oh yeah. And Hey, really quick, you know, this video is brought to you by blah, 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 and then go through it quickly. And then, you know, come back out the other side with your, uh, you know, with your thing. Um, if they're, if they're tracking like direct link clicks and that's really important to them, then I would take that route. But if they're going for awareness, um, it's also good to do it at the front because that's when the most people are watching. But if you're not as uh, dependent on those link clicks in terms of it reflecting poorly on you, then in that particular case, you can scoot those back, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit there. There's also fun things that you can do too. Like with your content type, you you know, you make similar stuff to me in terms of teaching people about live streaming and stuff. So, um, so because of that, like, uh, uh, you know, in your particular case, you might just want to do the read or you can just talk about it as, you know, part of something that you're doing. So for example, making a list video. So if you have somebody reach out to you, like let's say stream your over to reach out, then in that particular case, making a list video of like, you know, five things that live streamers need, right? And then in that particular case, you have them in one of those particular spots, um, or five things that live streamers should be using or whatever. You talk about all kinds of different stuff. Maybe you talk about a cam link, maybe you talk about a stream deck, maybe you talk about, you know, other things related to streaming, but then you would work StreamYard in as one of those solutions, right? You can do that sort of thing too. And then it doesn't feel as interruptive when you do it. Because, you know, if you're talking about something completely different, and then you're like, oh, by the way, it's sponsored by blah, 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 and then you go into this whole thing, 
when you haven't been explaining products and then all of a sudden you start explaining a product, then it kind of throws, you know, a little uh, difference into what it is that you're doing. But if you're if you're making a list video of these different things and you're explaining each one, but then you get to that one, and you just mentioned that it's sponsored, but you still explain it, then in that particular case, they've just listened to you explain like two other things before you got there. So I would just experiment with different things like that and then cross-reference it with your audience retention and the clicks that you get if that's important um, to, uh, to see, you know, how people responded to those things. So I'm going to do this thing really quick again, Doug, and see uh, if it helps. Might even like refresh. That might even be a good thing to do. Not sure. Okay. So uh, next up, we've got English Fun Zone. English Fun Zone has a English as a second language channel. The goal of the channel is to be a full-time YouTuber. And the question is, I'd like to see a step-by-step -step tutorial on how to set up lights and cameras tools for a live stream. I use Zoom and that works for me, but I'd like those bells and whistles. How do you do those sounds during your break? How do you switch from one camera to the next? How do I use a soundboard and which one to use for beginners? So I'm actually gonna screenshot this entire page and uh, and I'll actually see about making this video, um, probably not for my channel, but uh, make this video. Um, probably not for my channel, but maybe for the StreamYard channel. Um, uh, so just, just to give you a quick overview. So when it comes to the lighting, um, the concept that you wanna look for is three-point lighting. Um, in this particular case, I, I have that, but it's not perfect with what three-point lighting actually is. But with three-point lighting, the idea is that you have uh, you know three lights. So you have one light here, which I have, you can see the brightness on my hand. So I have one light here that acts as my key light, which is basically the brightest light. And then I have this light over here, which technically it should be about like over here, but it's not, it's over here because this is actually a backlight when I'm using it in this setup. <laughs> but, uh, but that is a fill light. The job of a fill light is, you know what? I'll just show you what the job of a fill light is. Because my monitor's bright, there's gonna be a little bit of a uh, difference here as well, but let me see here. Yeah, so you can see here how I've got this, this darkness over on this side. So the fill light just fills in those shadows. That's it, right? And then you have the backlight. Now with the backlight, I'm not sure how big of a difference it's gonna make here, but what I want you to look at is if you see there's like this little white line that just goes along my shirt here and it kind of separates me from the background. You see a little bit of it over here, uh, over here too, but it's a little bit more pronounced here because the light's back there. But when I turn this off, you see how that goes away, right? So when it comes to the backlight, I'm just gonna turn that on and off so you can see the difference. The job of the backlight is one, it creates a little bit of additional fill right here, but it also adds the, that little trim to my shirt and by adding that little trim to my shirt and my head and you know everything, it, it helps separate me from the background a little bit and it makes me just a little bit more you know crisp and stand out just a little bit more in the frame. Um, so in terms of lighting, that's what you do there. For the sound effects, um, I have, no, I don't have my ATEM set up right now, but I have a Rodecaster Pro, um, which is the, one second, um, I'll actually, I'll just come in and StreamYard and I'll show it to you. <clears throat> um, let's see here. So how do I get this guest link? So I need to paste a studio link. So give me one second here and I, I'll just show you the, uh, the setup here. Um, if, if you want to see it, 
then I'll, then I'll show you the setup really quick and, and just kind of explain some of this. So let me go into StreamYard. Let me grab my invite link. Let me email it to myself. Please be patient. Um, compose. Paste. Okay. And let me go to my email, grab this. We're almost there. Just waiting for this email to come in. And then as soon as it does, hope I sent this to the right, I hope I didn't send this to somebody else. Uh, if I sent this to somebody else, there'll just be some, some random person just shows up in here. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Okay, so let me go here, go to that account. And of course, it's not, uh, it's not coming in. Ah, there it is. Okay, so let me grab the link out of here. Copy link. Lost Curry, my pleasure. Chat. Yeah, so what you're getting ready to see here, it's a little bit messy, um, but uh, it's fine because we're all, you know, we're all buddies here. So paste, enter studio, access camera, access audio, and allow. Display name, Nick Mobile. All right, we're just calling it Ick Mobile for now. Okay. Ooh, hold on. I just I just left. That was uh that was a bit much because it fed back. Hold on, give me one second. I'm gonna do that again. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn my audio completely down over here, and then that should get us in there. So let's mute this audio. Oh, I'm gonna turn it down on my phone too. That was the problem. Okay, so I hope this isn't feeding through. If it does, then just let me know. But, um, but basically, it's coming through. We're on, uh, I think we're on, I don't know if we're on Wi-Fi or what we're on here, but, uh, but basically, this thing right here is a Rodecaster Pro, and this Rodecaster Pro, um, it has these built-in buttons on it. So basically what I can do here is I can super hit chat. that, and then the Super Chat thing plays, right? Super Chat. Um, same exact thing with all of the other, you know, different sounds that are, that are playing there. So this here, this actually plugs into that music machine that I showed you, uh, before. And, uh, that allows me to, you know, be able to also play, you know, my music stuff through here. Um, but in terms of that, that's what that is. So I'm going to actually turn this mic on. And I'm going to show you something else. So when it comes to the, uh, other setup over here. Uh, this right here is how the cameras are switched. So when I have this other setup, this over here is, um, it's called an ATEM Mini. And this has, they have a small one too. Um, I've got another, I've got a small one. We have a small one we use at the other place too. Um, but the small ones have four different input options. Uh, this one has eight. But what this does is this has software that will allow you to switch between different cameras. So basically you can just trigger it and then it'll switch between um, everything, which is pretty cool. So hopefully that answered that particular question. And uh, later, Nick Mobile.
right. So yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that answered that question. I'm going to hit this real quick just to Super chat. get my audio back on track. Okay. All right. So um, next up on the list, we've got English Fun Zone says expensive. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, for me, I, I do this professionally. So it's all, you know, a business expense. So, you know, once, once you become a, a you know, a full-time creator, technically, you know, when you set up a business, you know, around your, you know, channel and all that stuff, like, you know, you can write some of this stuff off, you know, cause you're, you're starting a business, um, or you have one from your YouTube channel. And, uh, because of that, you know, these, ex these, you know, toys that, 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 you know, that I, that I get to play with, um, you know, they are, you know, they just, you know, reduce, um, you know, all that stuff, which is great. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, the, is there an affordable version of that? Yeah. So there is. So, um, here one second. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Huh. Yeah. I, th I thought I had it in there. Oh, there it is. Hold on. So for the camera switcher, if you have multiple cameras, um, this right here is the affordable version of that. So this one, I think you can get this for like $200 um, for this. And then it has HDMI ports. I had this set up here for the last live stream that I did here. Um, and then I could switch back and forth between these two cameras, but I didn't do it this time. Um, but this has uh, four HDMI inputs and then one HDMI out. Um, and then basically this also acts as an interface of sorts between your cameras and your computer. And it allows you to, uh, to be able to, you know, you can manually override it or you can set up automations within the software that comes with this. And with those automations, you can say, I'm going to have this camera on for this amount of time, this camera for this amount of time, this camera for this amount of time, and you kind of build out the whole automation. And then you just hit loop. And then when you hit play, it'll automatically switch your cameras. So then you can focus on your stream and this thing will sit there and switch between everything. So this is called an ATEM Mini. And they also have ATEM Mini ISO, which is a little bit more expensive. But with the ATEM Mini ISO, it also allows you to record directly into a external hard drive that you can connect to this device. And then that way, you can make content with it. You can record your live streams directly in here. Like, you can do all kinds of fun stuff with it. So, um, uh, yeah. So, so there is, uh, there's that. So back into the questions here. And by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking about all things related to YouTube, even live streaming equipment. <laughs> but there's a form down in the description where you can put your uh, questions. If you have a question about, you know, what it is that you're that you're doing or something you wanna know about YouTube, go ahead and um, put that uh, question uh, down in the form that's down in the description. And um, I'm answering them in the order that they, uh, that they come in. So uh, next up, we've got uh, English Fun Zone. English Fun Zone, um, they do English as a second language content. The goal is a full-time YouTuber. And the question is, I'd like to see a step-by-step -step tutorial. Oh yeah, we did. We just did that one. Okay, got it. So yeah, English Fun Zone, hopefully that um, that answered your question. Since you're in the Discord, um, you know, if you have any questions about any of that stuff, uh, you know, just let me know. Um, in the Discord, and then I can I can you know help you there. And by the way, speaking of Discord, um, if you are uh, somebody that uses Discord, uh, we do have a uh, community Discord that I'm slowly letting people know about. Um, so if you have a Discord account, there's a link to our community Discord that is uh, that is down in the description as well. 
So Rhonda's Lovely Sparks um, says they do daily content. The type of channel says I help people with anxiety and stress. I provide no whisper, ASMRs, cinematic visuals, movie watch parties, etc. Um, the goal of the channel is to increase my subscribers, monetization, and reach more people around the world. And the question is, I've started a movie watch party for a month um, every Tuesday, 8 p.m., uh, minute after party, uh, creative commons with filters. Da, da, da. I found that a lot of movies on YouTube are creative commons, but not listed. Question is, is there another reliable source database to verify if movies are creative commons and fair use? Second question. I spoke, uh, to YouTube customer service with problems using the YouTube movie, Ben, uh, 1972 downloader customer service. Yes. YouTube has a code restricting to use it. Yeah. So any downloaders, like you're not supposed to be downloading any movies or anything really from, uh, from YouTube. Um, but it says, however, um, they says that it's fair use creative commons. Why is that happening? What can I do? Thank you. So basically what it sounds like is you are trying to have watch parties where you're watching, um, popular movies or movies that are no longer protected by copyright per se, because they've been out for so long or they are creative commons, um, content. So in that particular case, technically, yes, you can do that. Um, when it comes to other services, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, uh, in terms of watch parties and things like that, they do have their value, you know, um, which are basically, uh, you know, you create that environment where people can hang out there and, you know, participate, um, you know, if they want to, you know, just chat with people and whatnot. Um, so you are providing that. But in terms of trying to, you know, tiptoe around copyright and things like that. Um, I would, I would reach out to a copyright attorney and see what they have to say and see, uh, if they can lead you in the direction. Cause they ha probably have more tools at their disposal in terms of helping you locate movies that, uh, that you can use freely for your watch parties on YouTube. Um, let's see here. Mr. Unleashed World Gaming, thank super you for the Super chat. chat, says, uh, Nick was the first channel I came across when I started my YouTube journey. Now over a thousand subscribers. Um, let's see here with a healthy channel. Nick gave great advice, as you can see. Thank you, Nick. High five and fist bump to you. Congratulations on your first 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Absolutely love it. Um, and uh, let's see. And you started my YouTube journey. Good. And a healthy channel. Good, 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 good. Absolutely love it. Congratulations to you for that first 1,000. You know, and a, a cool thing too, how many people here have over 1,000 uh, subscribers on your YouTube channel? Christina Smallheart in the house. What's going on, Christina? Hope that you are doing great. Nice to see you in here. So when it comes to, um, when it comes to uh, your subscribers, right? Like if you, if you can get 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, you can get 100,000, you can get a million. It's just the amount of time. Cause you like basically that 1,000 subscribers is proof of concept, right? Yes, there's probably things you can do to accelerate it. Yes, you know, there's probably, you know, things you can do to make those numbers happen faster. However, you've already proven that people are into what it is that you're doing and you just have to kind of fill in the gaps between now and when you cross those milestones. Um, and then, you know, of course, the more you learn along the way, the better your skills get along the way, the faster you're gonna be able to, you know, get all that stuff going. Um, but, you know, for those of you that have hit that 1000 subscriber milestone, even 500, right? It's proof of concept that, you know, if you can get 500, you can get 500,000, right? Christina says Thanksgiving is Thursday. Thank you. Yeah, that one actually flies under the radar for me because uh, we don't celebrate that over here. So D and I, you know, we'll sometimes go grab like food or something, but it's just a normal day where we just normally grab food anyway. So it's not really like a celebratory meal. Um, it's just more of like a, uh, you know, hanging out, you know, uh, as, as normal type of thing. But I'll send my mom a message though. <laughs> so thank you for that reminder.
<laughs> so next up, we've got Genealogy with Amy Johnson Crow. What's going on, Amy? Hope you're doing awesome. Says uh, she does family history content. The goal of the channel is helping people discover their family history and grow their business, grow her business. And the question is, what are your thoughts about publishing during the holidays, keep your normal schedule or not? Um, if you can keep your normal schedule, then yes. But if it's going to take away from the things that you need to do around the holidays, and of course, prioritizing yourself is there. Um, a lot of people do stop publishing during the holidays because they get busy, which then leaves a big open space for people that do publish. So keep that in mind. But I would prioritize, um, I would prioritize, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, you are not stressing yourself out because the holidays can be stressful enough for some. So because of that, um, I would, uh, you know, like if you can, and you can go ahead and, you know, uh, get a piece of content ready to go, then yeah, I would still publish. Um, but if you, uh, but if you can't and you're like, yeah, this is good, it's just going to be way too stressful for me to get done. Um, then in that particular case, I, uh, I, I wouldn't. Tiffany says she always takes off, um, the week of Christmas. Yeah, every, everybody has different, you know, things when it uh, when it comes to that. Like over here, um, because it's just in my, you know, in my, uh, you know, I grew up, you know, in the States. So because of that, um, you know, like I, I still do reserve some time, um, you know, for Christmas and, you know, all that stuff. And we usually will, you know, do something, you know, special or whatever. But uh, but when it comes to we, we put up a Christmas tree, you know, all that stuff. But um, but here um, Christmas is, you know, it's not as big of a deal um, as it is over there. So because of that, you know, it's it's there's just not as much, you know, Christmassy stuff to do when it's like a thousand degrees outside. <laughs> but uh, the next channel that we have here is Super BRG. Um, Oregon Trees Gaming. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure when you get the chance, you go to NimminVIP.com. It's going to redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Um, in addition, make sure you fill out all the information on the way in and I can get you in there as soon as the stream is finished tonight. Um, but also, make sure that if you do use discord make sure that you do click that discord link that's down in the description um once you you know uh, actually technically you don't even have to go to facebook if you want um, but make sure you click on that discord link and then that's going to take you into discord and we have a members only area in there also um that we are just also you know just starting to build up so we just started talking about this uh last week and i'm just slowly letting people in there so i can start figuring out like, okay, these are the things that are going to become, you know, difficult to manage. These are the things that, because we got feedback stuff in there for like videos and thumbnails and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not sure for some of those things in the public area, I'm not sure um, how much we're going to be able to handle there because as more people go in there, it's going to be, you know, it, it, that, that sort of thing is going to become, you know, a lot more difficult to manage, but we're just moving into that area to, uh, you know, to, uh, to figure it out as we go. Um, Christina says, um, let's see here. Will a course be coming out for 2024? Yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It will be right when, uh, you know, right when people are like, you know what, I'm going to take it seriously this year. Yeah, that that's the time. So, uh, so here, next up on the list here, we've got, uh, Gabriel Demood. They upload when they have time. Um, it's a DIY channel. The goal of the channel is to reach more people every day and have a content library that people can watch later. Love it. Um, the question is, hey, Nick, long time no see. I had one video that reached 500K and we'll post a similar video. These types of videos take long to do. How can I be more consistent? So if all of your videos are getting that type of response and you're not you know, as you know, consistent, that's perfectly fine. Um, however, 
Um, if this was just a one-off video, then in that particular case, yeah. So, so you have like your last video was eight months ago. So yeah, you, you, you definitely need to, whatever you were doing, you were, you were able to make a 12 minute video 10 months ago, and then a nine minute video 10 months ago, and then a 13 minute video nine months ago, and then a eight minute video eight months ago. You have the capacity to do at least one video per month. I would at least try to stick with that. Um, if you can with the builds that you're doing. Um, if you can't, like if every if everything that you're gonna be publishing is a spectacle in terms of the builds, then in that particular case, like once a month is what I would try to squeeze it into. Um, if you find that like, okay, um, I'm doing these once a month and some of them take off, some of them do not, some of them end up with like normal view counts like this eight month one ago, then in that, or not normal, but like, you know, lower counts, then in that particular case, I would try to find supplementary stuff that you can work in there. So for example, best materials, cause you're, you're reaching DIY people that are wanting to like do stuff around their house. So because of that, you could talk about tools, you could talk about materials needed, things like that, and then save your big projects for like your hero videos. So basically you talk about all the other things related to DIY and all the stuff that it takes for you to make it. And then um, technically you could even share community posts. Let me see if you're doing this already. You could share, you're not. So you could share like progress, you know, reports on your community feed. So then that way for the people that YouTube is showing your community feed to, they can start to get, uh, you know, a little bit more interested in what it is that you're doing there to kind of build up the drops that you're doing. Um, so you'd be like, hey, here's a little behind the scenes of something I'm working on. Hey, we're a little bit further now. Hey, you know, we're getting kind of close. And then you drop the video. So then it just kind of is a build up for each video that you're doing. Um, that's definitely something I would experiment with. But, um, but yeah, I, I really recommend that you try to get a little bit more consistent because you have a couple of videos that have done three videos that have done well, you got a 44,000, 34,000, um, and a 55 or 551,000. So those are all great. Um, but I would, um, I would definitely try to get out more content because like eight month breaks is not doing you any favors. Um, it's not doing you any favors at all. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got Arita's vintage life. They've been on YouTube for less than six months. They do vintage style, beauty, and sewing content. The goal of the channel is become to become a full-time creator. The question is, is Vlogmas a good idea for a small channel? It's a lot of work, but is it worth it? Really good question. So here's the thing when it comes to Vlogmas. I have a different opinion than a lot of people do on Vlogmas. So a lot of people will hop on Vlogmas and their perspective is they're just gonna flood the platform with content, but their motive is ad revenue, right? Because ad rates are typically higher, which is the thing that actually drives Vlogmas. On the flip side of that though, you have another thing. And that other thing is that you're publishing all of these videos at the same time that a bunch of other people are also publishing a lot of, you know, a lot of extra videos. So you are choosing to compete and put yourself through making daily content at a moment when there's a lot of people that are doing the same thing, right? So yes, you know, maybe you're the only person in your space doing it, or maybe you're the only person that's doing it within the space of, you know, of who YouTube is recommending your content to out of all the stuff that they watch, that's possible. But if it was me, if I was gonna do a 30-day sprint, it would not be during that time. I mean, for ad revenue, sure. But like when it comes to the long game, 
Like one thing that's really important when it comes to YouTube is to think about, always think about scale and always think about uh, long-term. So you're gonna be creating, here's the long-term side. You're gonna be creating 30 videos over the course of that, uh, over the course of Vlogmas. As you're doing that, you are going to probably be putting out content that's not as good as it probably should be, right? Because you're trying to rush it out in order to hit the deadline of publishing every day. Dean Emmett in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you're doing awesome. Safe, uh, safe travels. He says greetings from an airplane. <laughs> safe, uh, safe travels. See you soon. But uh, but when it comes to Vlogmas, basically what you're what you're doing is you are flooding the platform with a bunch of content at the same time a bunch of other people are. In my opinion, um, unless ad revenue is the only thing that you're going after, um, I think it, it's it's better to do that when other people are not doing that. Um, because then that way it makes it to where it's like, Hey, I'm the person right now. That's just, that's, that's just pumping out tons of content on the channel. There's other sides of this too. So in addition to vlogmas, there's also the fact of that you're creating 30 videos that should work together in some way, um, that should, you know, still serve your viewers in some way. And if it is doing those things, then technically, you know, you are giving yourself a half of year's worth of content, more than a half a year's worth of content that you're going to be blowing in a month. So if you're going to put in that amount of work, then technically you could just lock in consistency for the next six months, right? Just work hard for that 30 days and then lock in consistency for the next six months. And then while you're publishing videos with rock solid consistency, no matter what, you spend that time working on your skills, trying to learn how to make better videos, analyzing the videos that you published, taking the information from you know your analysis, and then you know applying whatever you learn into new content that you're publishing. So, in my opinion, that's a better approach than just flooding you know um, content out when everybody else is, unless the only play that you're going for is um, increased ad revenue. Like I believe that whatever increase you would get in ad revenue, um, you would actually be able to get a lot more in affiliate revenue by just locking in that consistency over the next six months and promoting something from time to time in some of those videos that you're publishing, um, I think you would make a lot more long-term um, as an affiliate compared to uh, ad revenue, as long as you have people you know that are, that are interacting with the content. Scully's House of Thrillers, glad that you are enjoying the content. Thank you for your 49-month support. Super, uh, super appreciate it. So uh, next up, we've got... Bar, bar tech, I'm not sure how to say this one, um, but they they do tutorial content. The goal of the channel is to grow a business. And really quick on your channel name, um, just as a heads up. So when you have a, a difficult name like this, um, let's say that I, that I watched your video and I thought it was cool. And I was meeting up with D for coffee. Well, if I told D, I was like, man, I ran into this channel, it's awesome. Um, and he's like, what is it? I wouldn't be able to tell him how to get to your channel, right? I would have to say something like, well, it, you know, uh, next time I run across it, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link. And then, you know, I'd probably forget. So, uh, so just be careful when it comes to making complicated and difficult to say channel names, because it makes it hard for people to, you know, recommend you. It makes it hard for people to talk about you, you know, that kind of stuff. 
Um, at the end of the day, your videos are going to be the thing that matters, right? That's people are going to click on that. If your videos perform, people are going to come in. It's fine. But I'm just saying, if you want to give yourself every advantage possible, I'd just be careful with uh, your name and make sure that it's easy to say um, so that people can, you know, recommend you and things like that. But the goal of the channel is to grow a business. And the question is, can two broader channels topics be detrimental to your development? Oh, we, we talked about this one already. Okay. Yeah, we're good. So yeah, we, we answered that question already. So next up, we've got India and Ivory Adventure, Adventures. They do toy and play content. The goal of the channel is to grow a fan base like family. And the question is, um, what do you think I'm heading in the right direction? Not sure. I've gained 120 subs in a month, and I don't know if that's bad or good. I'm new. So you gain 120 subscribers in a month. Um, that's actually good as somebody that's just starting out. If you've never done anything like this before, um, that's really good. Um, actually, because what you have done um, is you've put out content. You're up to 143 um, subscribers now. You have you know put out content and people have responded to that content in a positive enough way that they have you know subscribed um, 143 people out of those. Granted, you have 56 videos on the channel um, in order to get to that, which is you know that's a lot of videos for you know the 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 result you know so to speak. But it looks like a lot of those um, you know could be yeah a lot of those are shorts too. Um, so yeah, you're, you're doing fine. You're heading in the right direction. So keep it up. Um, but in terms of like some of the view counts that you have and things like that, um, I would definitely, you know, work on the content, work on the ideas, work on the thumbnails, but even with the thumbnails, like you're heading in the right direction, focusing on the imagery, you know, that the kids would be interested in and all that stuff. So, um, you're, you're heading in the right direction to answer your question. Um, let's see here. Eric Waite says everybody in the USA have a happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dirty 10. Glad you're enjoying the content. 1508. Yeah, I wasn't sharing the screen um, for that particular one. I was just giving some some just quick uh, tips there because they were just asking for some feedback on something real quick. Uh, Melodic Ricky is the next channel. They do music and song edits. The goal of the channel is a thousand and for fun. Um, the question is, um, I want to ask if my recent videos from two to three days are not doing much than the past videos. What can I do for it? So um, that, what that means is people aren't responding to those that well compared to other videos that you published on the channel. But keep in mind that you know the initial performance of a video doesn't always reflect the long-term performance of a video. So for example, you know you see a lot of cases where you know people will publish content and uh, it'll be dead out of the gate. And then over the next you know week, two weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe even 90 days, that video will go from a, a strong number 10 to like the number one spot um, on somebody's channel. So uh, when it comes to that keep that sort of thing in mind um, but if you notice if you're like yeah this is actually way underperforming in like every metric compared to my other videos when they have similar impressions then in that case you know the best you can do if the video you know because you can't really do much to the video itself unless you go into the editor and cut out something that that is an obvious mistake um, but if you go into your um, uh, click-through rate and you're like yeah compared to what I normally have with this many impressions this is super low then in that particular case, of course, you can update your packaging, but that's about it. Next up, we've got Build with Mooney. They do woodworking content. The goal is to share and teach. The question is, I posted a video three weeks ago with the average view duration of 20.6. And notice yesterday, this video is getting more traction, starting to move up. Average view duration 22.3 took me by surprise in a good way. I know it's only 2%, but I didn't realize it might do better after three weeks. Is this normal? Absolutely. It's what I was just talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, next up, uh, we've got Studio Nova TV. Another thing too is if you're looking at it by date range, so um, uh, 
like if you if you change the date range, but then you end up changing it to a date range where you're not getting many impressions, then in that case, you know, it might not necessarily be a huge win, but it's still a win because they're watching longer. Um, but when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, you know an improvement, any improvement, even if it's one percent, is a, is a win. Studio Nova TV is the uh, next channel. They do voiceovers and animation content. The goal of the channel is building an audience around animation and comic voiceover content. The question is, um, when you don't have many videos posted as yet, is it better to stick to a consistent publishing schedule once weekly, or would it be better to try to increase the amount of uploads as soon as possible without sticking to a schedule? Yeah, what you want to do as a content creator, um, my recommendation for this, hey, nice work, Mark, Cybottom uh, Crafts on getting three to 315. Um, when it comes to the uh, cadence that you're publishing, um, one of the best things that you can do is get yourself to a point to where you're publishing on a regular basis. Like, let's say if, if it's once a week to where you're publishing on that, that, uh, that cadence and you have content in the can, meaning that if you have the opportunity to make five videos in a week, don't publish those five videos in that week. If you run the risk of not being able to publish the following week, right? Um, so one of the best things that you can do is working the process of, you know, creating content into your lifestyle. And if you can do that in a way to where it also gets you ahead to where you have, you know, videos scheduled for the next month to where you don't have to like worry about it. Like a lot of people do, then in that particular case, the whole thing about being a content creator, um, is going to be a really pleasant experience for you because you are going to, you know, be ahead of it all the time. And then that way you can be like, hey, it's, you know, this time of the month and it's my, you know, content, you know, time or whatever. And then you make your content there and then that gives you a whole other month, right? So um, so because of that, I would just lock into a schedule and then publish the videos on that schedule um, like clockwork. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got uh, Donald Stidham. Angelique, what's going on? Hope that you're doing great. Um, says that uh, they do a live stream about retirement strategies. That's cool. The goal of the channel is to build our business and to help people. And the question is, um, my husband and I stream two times a week and will be traveling for work soon. We need to build a live streaming setup that can travel, like um, like housed in a flight case, and is plug and play um, as possible. Any suggestions? Yep. So um, they make lights that roll up. So I think Godex um, has one, but you can find them on uh, Amazon, but they make lights that roll up. Um, in addition to that, you have things like, uh, you have things like this from Aperture, which, you know, it's not the perfect solution, but it can be a pretty good one. So as you can see, this, this thing right here, right, it's like the size of like a, a wet cheeseburger in terms of the, you know, uh, you know, uh, depth there. But when you take this casing off, it's just like a rubbery bendy casing. The light itself is super thin. So in terms of comparison, here's my phone. And then here's this light in terms of how thin it is, right? So uh, one thing you can do is they sell kits of these. And I think you can get three or four in a kit. And then you can just put them up you know, like here, and they get pretty bright too. Like, let me uh, just kind of show you. And you want to make sure that you have this plugged in because if you have it bright, um, it can, you know, it can it can go pretty fast. But I mean, as you can see, if you move it away a little bit, you put the diffuser on it. I'll just do it over here. Then in that particular case, you know, it's, 
you know, out of frame a little bit, it'll give you guys the light that you need. Um, so this is a great solution for that. In addition to that, this particular uh, version, it also allows you to change like your color temperature. Um, it has colors in here also. So uh, let's see here, how do I do the color mode? Does this one have colors? I thought these had colors, hold on. Yeah, I think I'd, I have to change the mode. Huh, maybe this one doesn't have colors. I thought it had colors. Huh, yeah, I think the other one has colors. But anyway, yeah, this is a good solution. They also have um, things like this, but this one's a little bit more finicky for traveling. Um, because as you can see in comparison, it's bigger, right? Much bigger. Um, and it's a tube, but similar idea, right? To where when you turn this on, bam, you just put it wherever it is that you, you know, want it and it'll, you know, light you that way and give you plenty of light. Um, so there's that. So when it comes to your camera, I'm not sure what it is that you're using. Technically, you can live stream on your phone. Um, as long as the light is good, as long as your internet's good, you can do that. But if you are traveling with a camera, um, the Sony, mine's actually over at the other studio, but um, the Sony ZV-1 is a great camera. So we use it as like one of our main cameras when, um, when I stream with my brother over at the other place. And uh, that particular camera is great. Um, we use it as our main cameras, the ones that hit us. So if you just want to check one of the other streams that, uh, you know, where we're in that studio, that camera is the quality that you get. Um, but it's, it's also really small and compact. So technically that one ZV-1 um, with two of these should do the trick. Um, you will need a microphone of some kind. If you do have the ZV-1, I recommend that you get uh, one of these. This is a Rode VideoMic, uh, so your, er, Rode VideoMic NTG right here. This is not the super small one, it's one level up from the super small one. And the reason that I'm recommending this um, and, and you can check out a version of this when I was just coming back from, uh, vid summit, when vid summit was over, uh, I did a live stream in the hotel, um, that I was in and I used this microphone for it. So with this, um, instead of it being something heavy like this, that you're running around with, you can set this on a tripod. And if you look right here, it has a USB-C port right here. And you can take this USB-C port, you can plug it directly into your computer, and then you can assign this as the audio source. So um, uh, so basically you've got a microphone that is good quality audio. You just wanna keep it in the frame. And this comes with a, I've got it around here somewhere, I don't know where it's at, but it comes with a, a windshield on it also. But you just wanna keep it you know, relatively close so that it doesn't pick up as much room noise and it picks up more of you. Um, but this plus the ZV-1, plus you know a couple of these, and then um, like a tripod, um, just small tripods for each one of these things is all you need. Um, and then you should be good to go. Like, uh, yeah, even that, even like the, the switch pods probably too big for what you actually need. Um, thanks for watching. Nope. What's up people? What's nope. up people? Just your boy Viper. Never mind. Super chat. Not going on that either. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Yeah, but just getting like little small tripods. That's all I was going for. Just, just getting like little small tripods that you can just connect stuff to. These are magnets. So, you know, if you're in a place that, you know, you can actually stick stuff up, then this is fine. But they're also super small. So, I mean, you can just kind of set them on stuff and just get the ambient light from them. So uh, hopefully that, that helps you out.
So uh, next up, we've got, oh, the smaller road does that well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, uh, Jerry is saying that the smaller road also has the USB um, option also. So I guess you can use the smaller one too. Um, next up on our list here, mashed potatoes all day, Eric Wait. I like stuffing too, but uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, I love some mashed potatoes. Love mashed potatoes. Okay, yeah, the Sure SM or the yeah the um, the um, MX88. Yeah, that's a that's a good one too. And you got the app in there where you can kind of control everything. Yeah, that's a good one too. I let my brother use that one, um, and I haven't seen it since. So I'm I'm not really sure. I I didn't even get a chance to use it. He took it to Mexico, <laughs> and uh, haven't haven't seen it since. <laughs> So uh, next up, we've got high scores on tap. Um, they do video game and history and um, at games and tournaments. The goal of the channel um, would like to get monetized. And the question is, I have a few videos get over 1,000 and others get 30. How do I push my videos to larger audiences? So how many people here are a relatively new content creator? Um, like you're just getting started. Let's say you've been on YouTube for like six months. Um, how, many, how many people here um, are in that situation? There's a couple things that, for those of you that are, um, there's a few things that that are really important to understand. And and even if you even if you have been on YouTube for a while, but if you're not getting the results that you want, um, this is super important. Exactly, Amy. Right. That's the, that was the trade. So when it comes to uh, when it comes to getting your videos in front of more people, it's important to know that everything on YouTube is based on performance. Okay. So there's things that will make videos perform better. Like for example, if you make a piece of content and people enjoy that content, but it's on something that's trending, then that will bring more attention to that video, right? So you have things like that. So that's where when you hear people talk about timing, where timing can be important or something comes up and people are like, you know, talking about it, but maybe it's not trending. Um, and you want to kind of position yourself like, okay, this is something people are gonna be talking about. So I'm gonna go ahead and make a video about that. <clears throat> that's also where the timing side comes in, right? But when it comes to YouTube, literally everything is based on performance. So if if you are not getting you know the views that you want on your videos, then it literally comes down to learning how to. And, and I know this isn't the answer that you want to hear, but it literally comes down to learning how to make better videos on your channel. Now there's tons of nuance into that, like what makes a good video, right? Um, but but like if you're like, hey, this one's getting a thousand, these get thirty, you have some great information to start working with because now you know what a thousand looks like, right? So it's like, okay, how, how, what caused, like how did people respond to this that caused it to get a thousand subscribers? Where did the traffic come from? Because the difference might be that maybe YouTube recommends both the people, but maybe uh, people don't respond well in recommendations, but maybe the ones that did get a thousand views on them, maybe they got search traffic. Right. So going into your analytics and trying to figure out like why those videos did well, and then going in and looking at, at the retention, looking at the click through rate, looking to see how many people completed the video, looking to see if anybody clicked on your end screens when they got to, once they got to the end of the video, looking for things like that. Also considering like, okay, was this something that was popular at this moment in time? And that's why, you know, I got it because everybody was talking about that, you know, th these things. But um, but, you know, when it comes to YouTube, you know, like success leaves clues and you can use those clues to notch yourself up and up and up until you eventually have like a general, you know, average view count that you can count on with pretty much everything that you upload. Um, so when it comes to your performance on videos, pushing them to a larger audience, it it all comes down to like you being able to 
get people to identify that what you're making is something that they care about, and you do that through your thumbnails and your titles, compelling them to click on it, which you can do some in your thumbnails, you can do that mostly in your titles. And then once they come into the video itself, creating an experience for that viewer through the hook or how you start the video, and then each little part of your video that they go through, um, all of that experience is going to dictate if YouTube is going to show it to more people or not. Um, and the more that people respond to it at a high rate, the more people it's gonna get in front of. Because what YouTube is trying to do is they're trying to show the right content to the people at the right time, um, to the right content to the right people at the right time on the platform. And if you jump in the middle of that and you are that right content and it is getting in front of the right people at the right time and then those viewers are responding to it in that right way, then uh, you know, basically expressing that they're enjoying that content through watching it for a long period of time, sharing it, stuff like that, then in that particular case, you know, those videos will, will do well. So, um, so in terms of, you know, getting more, it comes down to, you know, learning how to serve the audience better and spending the time, you know, like sometimes, you know, some people will get to a point. I mean, I've been guilty of this and sometimes I still do it to where I'm like, Hey, you know, I want to get a video out. I want to talk about this thing, but I'm not going to put tons of time into the video. I'm just going to put it out there. And then if people watch it, cool. Um, the people that will come in and click on it will be the people that I'm wanting to see it anyway. Um, and then, you know, if that video ends up doing well long-term, that's fine. But if not, that's fine because I'm just putting this together real quick. Right? So when you are publishing content, um, it's important to, uh, you know, like if, if you're not going to do that extra work in order to make it extra good for the people that are going to interact with it, then, you know, then you have to accept the result that you get from that. Like I do, you know, when I have, you know, videos that underperform too, right? We're, we're all held accountable to that same rule of our videos have to perform well um, if we want those videos to get legs. Mark, what's going on, dude? Hope that you are on fantastic. Welcome to the stream. Says, uh, so you need to get you some hot tea and honey. Uh, maybe no more three packs of cigarettes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't smoke, but, <laughs> but yeah, I will have some more coffee though. Yeah. That's probably the problem drinking coffee at 1045 in the evening. That's probably, the, that's probably where the real problem is. <laughs> so, uh, next up we've got, uh, let's see here. Waiting for the page to load. We've got, uh, keys cars, the Photoshop garage, the type of channel is digital car art. The goal of the channel is to entertain and give helpful Photoshop tips for automotive enthusiasts and digital artists. Question is, is my channel idea confusing a little bit? I know why I love creating Photoshop art at the automotive space, but sometimes I wonder if I've narrowed my topic too much. I'm just hoping for some outside perspective. Um, thanks, Nick. Love what you do for the community. So when I first saw the channel name keys, cars, I was like, uh, okay. And then I saw the Photoshop garage. I was like, eh, it's kind of a disconnect. But in terms of the content that you're publishing, if there is, which I'm sure there are a lot of people that are doing like car wraps and, you know, things like that, if that's what you're doing, then in that particular case, it's definitely something that, you know, that, uh, that there's, you know, a certain amount of people that are doing it. However, um, if you're like, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm putting these videos out and, uh, these, yeah, it looks like that's not what you're doing though. Yeah. So here you're using Photoshop to front end swap a Subaru. Yeah. You know, like how many videos do you have? Have you given this time? Hold on. Two years, two years. Yeah. So what you are currently doing, it looks like th the videos that you're putting out 
here, I'll actually pull this up just so everybody can see it while I'm sitting here staring at this real quick. Um, but the videos that you are putting out, I mean, one, you're not doing it much. Um, that's, that's one issue is that, you know, you're like four months ago and then two months ago and then three weeks ago, seven months ago, eight months ago, a year ago. So step one is I would work on consistency, super important, right? Um, I would, I would work on that first. Second, um, I would get a little bit more clear because here, here, it looks like you're just doing something about, you know, the release of this car here. This is also talking more. Um, it's framed in a way that it looks like you're talking more about the new car itself than you are teaching people how to Photoshop it. But clearly in the, in the, in the preview here, you're teaching people how to Photoshop, um, next generation type R. Yeah. So like the videos that have done well, like you do have some people that are into this. So, I mean, it does show potential. Um, I think that, you know, one thing that I would experiment with if I was trying to get this moving, and of course I'd need to look in the back end and stuff, but one, one thing that I would experiment with here is I would say, okay, if I'm going to be Photoshopping this, then, um, I would try to like crowdsource the interest in some of this stuff. Like I would be really leaning on the community for this. Like, um, I would be in the community tab asking people like, uh, you know, like what, what car do you want me to Photoshop next? Um, I would have people like sending their cars in, you know, things like that, that you could Photoshop. Like I would try to get a community involved in this particular thing so that you can kind of have that as, you know, one way to where people are like, Oh, I wonder who they're doing next. Uh, you know, Oh, I want to see, you know, the, the new car that was submitted. I want to see who was picked, you know, that kind of stuff. I'd be trying to do those sorts of things. And then I would, I would be consistent as well with publishing. Um, and digital car art Photoshop tips. And I would make sure that if you are going to do the, if you're going with the whole car theme, I would also make sure that you do not do just random Photoshop tips. Like I would make this more about modding than teaching people how to do Photoshop. Um, and the, the, like, I think this is okay because here it's like, you know, this is how to do it like on your own, like having a series like that, I think is fine. But I think like big potential here would be more about like, Hey, we're going to take this car and we're going to turn it into like something else. Right. And, and, and try to go that particular approach. I would try to do more stuff like that. Um, even this, like, this is cool. Like even how you're separating it, you know, on the screen here, like this is what it was. And we turn it into this. And then I would also do fun stuff, like, of course, talk about popular cars, right? So you can hop on those. Um, but I would also, if you start doing community stuff, like I would take like junky cars and turn them into something that like looks awesome and, you know, just like really flex your skills there. Um, I would do that kind of stuff just to make it a little bit more, a little bit more interesting. Um, it might be a little, um, a little bit challenging there, like getting the initial people in, but as they start coming in and you start getting a lot more car enthusiasts in there over time, that should, you know, be, bring more people back because people will be like, Oh, I wonder what they turn this one into. Wonder what car they're doing next. You know, Hey, I want to submit my car, see if they'll do mine, that kind of stuff. Um, I would try to, you know, lean on some of that more and, uh, and see if that helps you at all with, uh, with what it is that you're doing here. But really, man, like, like consistency is no joke when it comes to YouTube. Like, yes, you can publish a video once a month and things like that if it's like a really good video. But, you know, most people don't make videos that are that good that will do that well, you know, if they just publish, you know, one video a month or one video every two months or three months or whatever. So I would definitely get, uh, you know, I would definitely hop on the on the uh, consistency train there um, as fast as you possibly can. Did I put that on screen? I think I did. 
Did I have that on screen? I don't think I did. Okay, well, if so, yes. If not, you know, I apologize. Um, so next up on the list here, we've got... And if you are just joining us, just as a heads up, um, there is a form down in the description below. So if you have a question um, about, you know, what it is that you're doing on YouTube or anything like that, make sure you put your question down on the form. Um, and then I'm answering them in the order that they are received. As of right now, we've still got some time for the stream today. And, um, and we're getting close to the end of these questions. So if you have a question, make sure you get it down there. Um, poetic Duchess. Because if, if we run out of questions, then I'm not sure like where we're going to go here. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to pull them out of the out of the chat or if you know we'll do some other stuff. I'm not sure, but uh, but if you do have a question, this is your opportunity because we're almost out. But um, Poetic Duchess, um, they upload every other day. The type of channel is poetry and literature. The goal of the channel is to teach people the beauty of poetry and literature, possibly reaching a younger generation. And the question is, what can a uh, new YouTuber do to ensure organic traffic? Constantly be, well, here, let me finish your question. Um, I'm only working off of YouTube with no other platforms. Many people swear by sharing videos and other platforms or using shorts. I began uploading this week and I have one view and it's my mom. Any basic tips? Okay, first, first tip is be patient, right? Be patient because this is a process. Um, it's very rare for content creators to upload their very first, first video and it's just a banger and it just gets flooded and then every video they publish from that moment forward gets tons of views. That's an extremely rare unicorn experience. It's not, that doesn't happen to most creators. What happens with most creators is they're in a situation like you where they will publish their video and then they'll be like, oh, wait a minute, I thought I was supposed to get a bunch of views. And then they're like, oh, wait, but I've only got like, you know, five views or 10 views or one view and it's my mom. So uh, so first is be patient with yourself in the process because it's really easy to compare yourself to people that are further down the line in experience than you are at this moment in time, right? So for example, you wouldn't walk into a basketball stadium and be like, hey, you know, I'm going against the Lakers today. So, uh, you know, so it, it's going to be me um, against everybody on the Lakers, right? Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, uh, you know, with YouTube, it's the, it's the same thing. Like, you're, you're literally competing with some of the best homegrown content creators on the planet. And because of that, um, you know, you have to get your skill sets up to a particular point to be competitive for the platform. Um, now, keep in mind, in some cases, it's easier than others based on the niche that you're in and that kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes to, you know, um, getting results from this, it's going to come down to your understanding of the platform, your understanding of your audience, your understanding of how to get people to click on what it is that you're doing, um, which I've got video. There's tons of videos about, you know, uh, making thumbnails, writing titles, stuff like that that you can watch. There's AI tools like TubeSpanner and uh, TubeBuddy that can help you, you know, write titles. ChatGPT can help you write titles. Like there's tons of different solutions that can help you do, you know, some of this stuff and help you make it a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, you still have to learn how to do the things that are required to do the thing, right? So right now, as you're just getting started, um, keep in mind that in order to ensure organic traffic, to ensure organic traffic, you can get lucky and have a video that you publish and that video does okay and the rest don't. Um, you can get lucky. However, if you want the sustainability and you want to be able to do this for a long period of time, you got to learn how to do the thing. So you got to learn how to edit videos. You got to learn how to come up with good video ideas. You got to learn how to, you know, grab people's attention from the thumbnail and the title, all those things. Um, you got to learn how to do all of that. So right now, um, don't have huge expectations. Okay. Um, 
take those expectations and say, I'm not going to worry right now about that. Like, of course, I want people to watch my videos, but right now I'm going to focus all of my efforts on learning how to make good videos. And then I'm just going to test my abilities every single week. If you can upload, you know, weekly or biweekly, whatever, um, I'm going to test the, my abilities every, you know, week or two weeks by publishing a new piece of content. And the reason for that is because you're going to learn how to do the thing way more efficiently when you're actually doing the thing versus watching videos about it, you know, reading, you know, articles about it, listening to podcasts about it, do that stuff too in your other time, but actually doing the thing and getting the direct feedback from the people that are interacting with your content. That's the fastest path to like, you know, uh, of, of really doing the thing. Super David, chat. thanks for the super chat says, Hey, Nick, um, what are your thoughts on using chat GPT for creating thumbnails? Any tips, anything to avoid? So I actually um, was experimenting with this yesterday. So I was doing two things yesterday. One, um, I was using chat GPT to help me code uh, pages for an app. Um, just because I'm just seeing if over the course of the next like three to six months, if I just keep working with it and have it teaching me how to do it, if I'll be able to put together an app that I want to build, because it's a pretty basic app anyway. Um, so I was doing that. Um, and I got to the point to where I, I had like a full screen with functioning buttons and input boxes and stuff. So I was making progress right over the course of probably about an hour um, is about how long it took. Um, but uh, but in addition to that, I also made a GPT and that particular GPT um, was for the purpose of helping people come up with thumbnail ideas. So basically the whole concept and I'm still kind of training it right now. But the whole concept is that you uh, uh, go to it and you tell it like, hey, um, you know, I have a video about this particular thing. And then it will either give you an idea for it or it'll make a mock up and it'll show you like, hey, here's you know, like kind of like an idea of something that you could do. And then uh, you could run with that. But it's not it's not like there yet. Um, but uh, if I can get that good, and I don't know if I can, but if I can get that good, then I'll, I'll make it available for everybody. Uh, but but that's uh you know, when it comes to chat GPT making thumbnails right now, like Dolly's really cool, but, um, like, you know, even though it's better at text, it's still not perfect. So for example, I had it making one on, uh, uh, YouTube views and it kept spelling views with like, uh, like a W in the front and things like that. Some of the stuff it was making was cool, but, um, but it was more graphically intense than I would normally do because it was just, it, it just kind of overdid it looked cool, right. In terms of like, wow, this looks really neat. But in terms of like, is it clear? Is it obvious what this is going to be about? Is this going to help so grab somebody's attention or whatever? Those things were not that fantastic. Um, so uh, because of that, I think just using it for brainstorming and, and those sorts of things is great. Um, but I would still kind of roll up your sleeves and go into like Photoshop or Canva or TubeSpanner's thumbnail tool or photo p which is like a an online version of photoshop or you know something like that um to to make the actual thumbnails 888 8, 8, 8, glow vlog thank you for the super sticker i appreciate it i need to get that uh super sticker tag from uh from my brother <laughs> shark scrapper says i tried that chat gpt and it said that was a stupid idea and to start it over <laughs> Oh, that'd be great if we could turn on a button that gives it that kind of personality where we like we turn on a button and then we ask it something. and It's like, are you serious? Like, you probably shouldn't even leave the house asking questions like that. That would be that would be epic where, it could, where it's like borderline like abusive. That would be super funny. Oh, so good. Uh, Keys cars. Super my chat. pleasure. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for the super chat. Glad that you uh, asked that uh, particular question. So, uh, so here next up on the list. 
Um, we've got Icy Cole. Icy Cole does Minecraft content. The goal of the channel is to make enough money from YouTube that it can be a full-time job. And the question is, is it clear for my channel what my brand is? Let's take a look. Um, let's see here. So I'm gonna pop this open. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna pull up this page and then I'm going to just show it to you guys. And at a glance, just let me know here if it's clear what the brand is here on this particular channel. For me, I personally think that it's clear like um, that you're doing something Minecraft related. In terms of exactly what it is that you offer, I'm not sure, but in terms of like, yeah, they're doing something Minecraft related. Yeah, I, I, definitely, uh, I definitely see that. Okay, give me one second, because this thing's taking a while again. Let me go down to this thing, and we're gonna do that anyway to see if it makes a difference. Oh, now the whole thing just like froze up. Okay, I'm not sure if you can see that or not. Like everything, my whole screen just went black. Oh, there we go. Hmm. Yeah, so it's not it's not showing up. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to right now, but it's just not showing up. I think this might be what happened last time too. Yeah, I don't know if like the cache in my browser is clogging up. I'm not really sure what's going on here. So apparently um me and doug and i think Chantel, like we're on max for this so um i think everybody's been having this issue um on a mac when they've been streaming so uh oh you can see it okay so then if you can see it um because i it does not look like to me that this is sharing but if you can see it um just let them know real quick if this is something that uh looks like minecraft yeah, it's just not showing up. I'm going to try it again real quick. Hold on. Now that I've made my browser adjustment there. Oh, there we go. Okay, here we go. But I don't know if it's going to... All right, yeah, this is, this is just dragging out too long. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to do this. <laughs> Oh, we're going to, we're going to try. I'm going to try it one more time here and then, uh, and then we're going to move on. Yeah, I can't see it either. Like, uh, it, it's just not coming through so I can see it at the top of the browser. So here's the thing. Like right now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got like eight browser windows open, um, that are all like freestanding. So, uh, so I think that it's just kind of clogging everything up here. Um, yeah, it's, it's not coming up. So, uh, so as soon as I hit stop sharing, it's probably going to pop up. That seems to be the, the, the pattern here, but yeah, to answer your question here, icy call, unfortunately, sorry, I couldn't bring this up. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that it's something Minecraft related, which is a step in the right direction. Next question that we have, um, is from the LD help guide, LD help guide uploads when they have time. Um, the type of channel is educational channel. Um, the goal of the channel says I want to help people with learning disability or something related like ADHD. And the question is, I chose YouTube, no creator fund in Canada for TikTok, but still what's the benefit of using other platforms as well or switching to other platforms? So first you made a great decision. And the reason you made a great decision is because discoverability on YouTube is fantastic. 
two, YouTube isn't, uh, you know, um, at the same risk as uh, like TikTok, for example. So um, I think TikTok just caught a ban from another place. I think they're banned in uh, like Nepal now or something like that. Um, uh, that just happened. But like, uh, you know, when it comes to TikTok, they're kind of under attack a little bit. Um, there's a lot of, you know, successful creators over there, but when it comes to vertical content, people seem to be making more, um, on YouTube, even though they don't make a lot, they seem to be making more on YouTube than they do over on TikTok. And it kind of depends on who you listen to for that. So some people will post and they'll be like, Hey, you know, I, here's what I got on TikTok. Here's what I got on YouTube. And it's way more. Some people on TikTok that are only TikTokers, um, they'll be like, Hey, I tried putting my videos on YouTube and this is what I got there. Um, those types of things. So it's a little bit, you know, weird in that regard, um, but you made a good choice coming over to YouTube. But anyway, the benefits of using other platforms is that you get to also grow your brand on these other platforms, right? Because not everybody's on YouTube all the time. Not everybody's on TikTok all the time. Not everybody's on Instagram all the time and so on. So if you do post content on a regular basis on those other platforms, it gives you the opportunity to be in front of the people that are there and to be growing your audience over there while you're growing your audience in the other places as well. So then the people that like you on TikTok, they might not even know that you have a YouTube channel or they might not even care because they might just like to watch the content and the link that you put it and then the value that you provide over on TikTok. With YouTube, they might care more about YouTube and about your long form content, or they might really like your shorts here, but they don't really care about your TikTok account. So because of that, it just gives you the opportunity to kind of meet people where they are instead of saying, like I do, which is like, hey, you know, if you want my YouTube stuff, then you gotta come over to YouTube for it, right? Um, I still, you know, I, I have my TikTok account that I publish to, you know, from time to time and all that stuff. So make sure you're following me over there if you haven't um, already. But, you know, I, I focus my efforts on, uh, on YouTube and then the other things are more uh, like Instagram. I don't do anything um, over there. But when it comes to uh, TikTok, I actually just figured out how to get my content to show to a more U.S. audience over there. So I will be uploading over there more. Um, so, for it, yeah. So, um, so because of that, um, I will be uploading over there a little bit more than I currently do. But it's still not going to be on like a, a super, you know, regular cadence. But the whole idea is just introducing yourself to people on those other platforms to where they can follow you everywhere if they want, or they can just you can just reach them on those particular platforms. It also, once you get to the point um, to where you are, if you get to the point to where you have your own products that you put out, or you are doing brand deals, things like that, for every additional thing that you have that, uh, that you know, where people are, that also gives you, you know, an other ways to reach those people for those types of things as well, which is more that you can get for brand deals and that kind of stuff too. Next question that we have here on our list is from Mr. Angry Troll. They do games, game tips, reactions, patch notes, and gameplays. Says, is it good to premiere a video on YouTube if it's a week out or should I upload the night before? Doesn't matter when you upload it. What matters is when you actually publish the video. Nothing counts until you publish the video. That was an easy one. Um, 29, we got uh, Jason Arnop's Terrifying House of Obsession. They do 80s rooted entertainment like Doctor Who, Horror, and Retro Gaming. Gold channels to give viewers nostalgic experiences while trying to reconcile the past with the present. Question, when a video flatlines a day or so after upload and is getting about one view per hour, would you see that as a license to overhaul the packaging or is it best not to tinker so soon? So um, this is why it's important to get general baselines on your channel. 
So when you publish content, if you notice like, hey, um, my content that usually performs once it gets this many impressions, um, it usually looks about like this, right? When you can start figuring that out um, for the averages on your channel, it makes decisions like this a lot easier because then you can say, okay, well, I'm on home pages. By the time I hit, you know, 50,000 impressions on home pages or 100,000 or 500,000 or whatever, then I usually have about this um, for my click through rate and retention for the videos that perform well. And then when you notice that and you're like, okay, well, I'm way under that in my click through rate, then you can say, okay, well, do I, uh, is it the topic? Is the topic just bad? Um, or did I misrepresent this in the packaging? Um, and if you think that you misrepresent it in the packaging, then that's where you can make those changes. Fortunately, YouTube is rolling out their A-B testing feature, which, uh, which is pretty amazing because it gives you three thumbnails that you can upload. And then YouTube just swaps them out and then lets you know which one gets the, the most watch time, which is pretty cool. So, um, so you're gonna have that in the future. But for right now, um, if you publish a video, I would give it more than a day or so because sometimes you can publish something and it'll die. And then, you know, like a week later, it'll start taking off. So, uh, so because of that, I would definitely let it, you know, live a little bit. And that's also another thing about like, you know, getting to know like, okay, and this just comes from experience, but it's like when you like, when I talk about the videos that I'm going to publish, like D and I can talk about something and be like, yeah, that's probably not going to do that great, but you know, let's get it out there anyway. Um, and then other videos, it's like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll probably really eat that one up. And we're, we're pretty good at, at predicting how a video is going to do. So, uh, you know, they will, there will come a time to where you're going to be able to start noticing like, you know what, I'm making a video on this and it's probably going to do, you know, substantially better than, you know, some of my regular content. And then you're also going to start recognizing like, you know, your regular content, like what good looks like and what your averages are going to be and stuff like that. Eurus Renovations is our next channel here. Um, they do DIY renovations and home improvement. The goal of the channel is to help people learn how to do DIY things and home improvements, grow and get better at making videos. The question is, I just opened up a second channel because my first channel was all over the place. I posted my third video on, on it. How long should I expect to wait for YouTube to start showing my channel content to the right audience and getting more impressions? So when you publish a video to YouTube, if you go into your analytics, you'll see that you do get impressions. So if you find that you're getting impressions, but nobody's coming into the video, that becomes a you problem and not a YouTube problem. So if you notice that you're not getting any impressions, like you're at zero, then that's a YouTube problem. So if you're at zero and it stays at zero, then you should tweet at Team YouTube or just delete the video and then upload it again. Um, but just reaching out to Team YouTube and being like, hey, I'm, I'm literally getting zero impressions here, um, then just bringing that to their attention in case there's a bug or something is definitely something that you should do. But when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, you publishing a video, if YouTube is giving it an impression um, or multiple impressions, then they are, the system is doing its job in terms of trying to, you know, uh, pr presenting that video to people. It's just people are choosing to not, you know, click on it. Or if it's a short, then they're, you know, swiping quickly, you know, away, that kind of stuff. So, um, so because of that, in terms of, you know, waiting for YouTube to start showing your content to the right audience, as long as you're being clear in your titles, they should show it to your, to the right audience pretty quick. 
um, like your first video should get that right audience as long as you're optimizing everything right. Since you're doing DIY and renovations and home improvement for your first videos, I wouldn't make titles like, you know, hey, do this to change, you know, whatever. Like I would be very specific, like, you know, how to fix a bathroom sink or whatever the thing is, um, how to unclog a drain or whatever. I would be as, as clear as you possibly can in the titles because YouTube system, um, they use that for more context. Um, for who to show the content to. Same thing with the top part of the description. Most of it is carried by the title, but the description is also taken for context um, and the system is also watching the videos. It's also creating and reading the captions slash transcripts and all that. Um, so it's getting the context and their system's pretty good. So um, it should already be showing it to the right people, but just make sure that you are doing those things to kind of help it along. Miami VR, super thank chat. you for the uh, super chat. I appreciate it. Demon Dro says hit 500,000, uh, Nick, another a hundred in a month. Thank you for all your advice. You are the cheat code. Thanks, my man. Super appreciate that. Yeah, I saw your video. I left you a, uh, I left you a comment on TikTok. I was like, hey, congratulations. Yeah, I saw you uh, over there. I saw the video where you're like, yeah, we just crossed, you know, 500,000 subscribers. So uh, yeah, so congratulations to you for that, man. Absolutely love it. And as a matter of fact, Gonna go ahead and just drop this in here because that's a huge milestone. All right, turn this back down here. Yeah, man, seriously, dude, like high five and fist bump to you. Like what you've accomplished is, uh, is, is fantastic, man. Like, uh, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like a thousand subscribers is like one separation in terms of, you know, like where, you know, people get to a hundred thousand is another one. Um, but 500,000, like you're, you're, you're gonna hit a million subscribers on your YouTube channel. It's probably not going to take you that long either. Like you're absolutely crushing it. So high five and fist bump to you for doing the thing, for doing something unique and standing out and, you know, serving your viewers with your content and all that. So congratulations to you for, for what it is that you do, um, you know, around your content. Um, so next up, we've got Scrubby Games. Scrubby Games, um, they do live streaming gaming content. The goal of the channel says, I started out editing clips for entertainment purposes, and somewhere along the way, I became a live streamer, <laughs> still for entertainment value. You like woke up one morning and you're like, huh, just realized I've been live streaming every day for the last two years, <laughs> right? Um, says, I have uh, 4,000 watch hours acquired in about three months exactly, um, but less than 300 subs still. I still have a strong core group of viewers that keep returning, but I'm having a hard time getting new viewers and then keeping said viewers. Um, so when it comes to, uh, you know, getting people to come back to your channel, one thing that is super important is to make sure that you are thinking about like, okay, if somebody watches this video, then uh, if somebody watches this video, then how, like, why would they watch this next video that I'm going to publish, right? So if they watch this video that I'm publishing here, why would they watch this video? And if they watch this video, why would they watch this video and so on? And make sure that you are kind of funneling all of your video ideas and live stream ideas as well through that same filter in terms of like, okay, for the people that I'm trying to reach, um, you know, is this a really good fit for them? And if they're watching any of these other videos that are driving my channel, and you can see this in your analytics in terms of the videos that, you know, that more people are responding to over that 28 day period, but out of the videos that are driving my, you know, entire channel, um, uh, cause those are bringing in the most viewership for this thing that I'm getting ready to do, would this be a good fit for them? 
And if the answer is yes, publish it. If the answer is no, um, then in that particular case, you know, I wouldn't do it. But um, but when it comes to you know getting people to come back. I would also, there's a book that I recommend. Um, it's called Primal Branding. There's two, actually. One is called Primal Branding, and then another one that that talks about the same ideas but in a more relatable way as it comes to content is um, is is a book by Pat Flynn called Superfans. Um, that particular book is also really good uh, when it comes to this. But the, the whole thing is about, you know, building a brand around what it is that you're doing and building a brand that is something that people can connect to, right? Um, and some of the psychological things um, that, you know, that, that happen when, you know, people are interacting with your content that you can leverage um, that can also help, you know, get people attached to, you know, what it is that you're doing. And, you know, and that can also, you know, help bring people back and so on. So I would definitely, you know, check out both of those um, as well, just for, you know, additional information there and then just make sure each piece of content that you're publishing is in alignment with the uh you know with the core audience that you are trying to reach um let's see here so next up on our list we've got praise in truth they do christian christian worship acoustic guitar the goal of the channel is to help christian musicians be better worshipers um, and musicians and the question found you on youtube some time ago thanks um, to one of your live streams where you're reviewing channels Really liked how, how deep you were going with the tips. Um, do you have any plans for such types of live streams? So on this channel, um, we do monetization live streams from time to time. We don't do just general channel review live streams here anymore. Um, uh, for those, when I do them, um, they're usually over on the Tube Spanner channel. Um, I'm going to start doing them again here soon. Uh, right now, um, they're having me make some content for them that basically explains like how the tool works and how to use the tool. So we're publishing those first, and then um, as we're publishing those, then I'm going to start live streaming and stuff too. I'm actually waiting. So you know. In case you don't know this, so I have a problem with my lower back, and that's why I'm standing right now, actually. But um, when it comes to like sitting for a long period of time or even standing for a long period of time, it can like, you know, cause me some issues here. So I work around it because, you know, like this is what I do. So, you know, I got to get the job done. But um, but this particular setup over here is usually where I do streams like that just because, you know, it's just a little bit, you know, easier for me. And just with the way the monitors are and stuff, it's just easier for me to do like reviews and stuff. So um, I have a, a standing desk coming. It's supposed to be here, I think, in 20 days. Um, what is today? The 18th. Yeah, it's supposed to be here in about 20 days. So when that comes for that setup, then I'll be able to move it back and forth, and that will make things a lot more comfortable for me. And I'll, I'm going to start doing, like, reviews and, like, monetization reviews on my channel and channel reviews on that channel and stuff like that all the time because I'm spending um, all of 2024 uh, basically in service. So basically 2024. There we go. We're back. Um, but basically, uh, with 2024, basically, it's, it's I'm just spending that whole year in service. So basically, I'm going to be doing tons of channel reviews, monetization reviews, putting out more content, um, all of that stuff um, as my, you know, drive towards, you know, a million subscribers happens. So um, so I will be doing more of that kind of stuff, probably even some of it here on my channel, too. Um, but uh, when it comes to that sort of thing, um, I would just wait for, you know, for that period, which will become which is literally right around the corner. 
Um, but but it'll be it'll start happening more as soon as I as soon as I get my standing desk over there, um, just because that's like my 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 stream spot, so to speak, over there. This setup here is just temporary for that. Normally, this is just for like meetings or if I do like member stream stuff like that, I'll do them here. But like the that over there is my preferred spot. So uh, let's see here. Next up, we've got um, Plastic Nomad. <clears throat> Plastic Nomad. They upload one time per week or more. They do Lego Classic Customs for Star Wars. The goal of the channel says, I have a passion for creative creations and customize things in my own way as an artist, and I want to make it a career being an artist full-time and a way to entertain people doing the things I enjoy for a living. Question. I'm at three to four weeks in and 24 subscribers. I've been improving, but I would be, um, but I would do better if I start telling stories and facts about the characters on myself or myself in how-to videos alongside the work I'm doing to be more informative, or should I use my art skills and branch into an, a broader range and show off more of my other stuff that's not Lego too? Um, so... The thing that I think that you should get clear on is you're doing Lego Classic Customs for Star Wars. Um, so I would just get clear on 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 exactly, one, what it is that you're doing, and two, who it is that you're doing it for. So when you're doing Le Lego Classic Customs for Star Wars, then that means, as long as I'm understanding what you're doing correctly, you're building, um, you're doing Legos around Star Wars themes. So in that particular case, you are reaching people that are interested in Lego, but also people that are interested in Star Wars. So in that particular case, when it comes to branching out, um, if you are going to be doing different types of, um, if you're going to be doing different types of like Lego stuff, in that case, I think you're fine because then that, you know, the people that are into Legos would still get into that. But if you're going to start doing like, you know, like, uh, let's say you start on like Star Wars, you know, insights or something like that, then in that particular case, or even like doing painting around Star Wars, I think you're creating a little bit of a disconnect in that particular spot. So I would say at the core, the people that you're really trying to reach are people that are into Legos. Um, and then, you know, the Star Wars thing is like a sub niche um, of that or a sub audience of that. Um, but I would say that, you know, the Lego thing would probably be the core of that. So because of that, um, the thing that I would do in your particular situation is I would keep it around Lego. Um, and, uh, and, and focus, you know, uh, on just on the, the, the Lego related stuff, if it's star Wars or not, um, I would just focus on, you know, doing the, the, the Lego stuff. But since you already are doing star Wars, if you do start branching out, um, one thing that you might want to consider is doing, you know, other sci-fi related things maybe, um, or only doing star Wars that is around movies specifically or not star Wars, but, uh, Legos that are specifically around movies, that type of thing. Um, I think that would be, you know, uh, an approach to take if you were wanting to stay within, you know, some type of niche of some kind within uh, Lego. Um, let's see here. And uh, really quick, I'm going to check on something. Hey, uh, Demon Dro says that your super chat was ignored. So I, I saw it in here um, about your 500 subscribers. You might be on the delay. It's possible that like you're watching this and I'm double checking to make sure you didn't send in another one. Yeah. So I mentioned it. Um, you might be watching this with a little bit of a lag. Maybe that might be uh, that could possibly be what's uh, what's going on because I even played a song for it and everything. <laughs> so uh, let's hear. So next up on our list. We've got, let me move this back into here. Yes, 
Yasink and a bunch of zeros. They do uh, martial arts and self-improvements. The goal is to build a following and make it into a business. Question, how can I determine if my level of growth is normal? I do two martial arts videos a week and one chat podcast style video. Just want to help people achieve their dreams, become better, stronger, and healthier, um, and be an older brother that they can turn to for advice and guidance. I love martial arts, and I think martial arts is so beneficial for self-improvement and building a strong man uh, mind and advice would be helpful. So if you are heading in the right direction in terms of like you are growing, you're getting people watching your videos for a longer period of time, you're getting a little bit more engagement with, you know, the videos that you're publishing over time, you're getting a little bit more of just an overall response from what it is that you're doing, then you're heading in the right direction. Some people, you know, their their path will be a lot faster than other people. So in terms of like normal, there isn't really a normal when it comes to YouTube. Um, a lot of things are determined by the people that are coming into your channel. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the, the people that are creating channels, the experience that they are bringing from before they got into YouTube, the experience that they're bringing with them there, um, that, you know, can also, you know, kind of help that along a little bit. But in terms of, you know, as long as you're making progress and you're heading in the right direction, I would just make sure that you are paying attention um, to how people are responding to what it is that you're doing so that you can make adjustments as need be. And uh, really quick, thank you for bringing that to my um, attention. Uh, let's see here. Super chat. Beaver Zero says that they uh, passed 9,000 subscribers, says thanks for the uh, weekly advice. High five and fist bump to you. A thousand more until you hit that 10,000 mark. So check this out. So when you get a chance, uh, go to Google and type in like uh, 10,000 people or what does 10,000 people look like? And uh, it's pretty crazy. Like when you actually see it visualized as a bunch of people somewhere, it's kind of crazy. But congratulations to you for uh, for hitting that 9,000 subscriber milestone and uh, looking forward to you hitting 10. Congratulations. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got Icy Call. We've already, we already answered your question. We already, we, we actually even tried to pull your channel up. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got, let me make sure I get this and build a following, make it a business, can turn my level of growth. Okay, we did that one. So next up, we've got Practical IT with Jeremy Leak, and they upload one time per week or more. Tech channel focused mostly on Linux-related topics. The goal is to help people starting out in Linux to be a mentor that I wish I had 1998 and for self-documentation, maybe one day going full-time. Question, I recently passed 5,000 subscribers. High five, fist bump. Um, is it normal for things to pick up after this milestone? It appears that the growth is speeding up even though I haven't made any other changes. So when it comes to the milestones that you cross on YouTube, um, it's not the milestones that make the difference. The thing that makes the difference is the archive that you build behind you. So. When you first start a YouTube channel, you have you don't have any videos. So when you publish a video, you just have that one video working for you on your behalf. 10 videos down the line, now you've got 10 videos working on your behalf. So not only when you publish that 11th video, is that 11th video going to get shown to people, but if your other 10 videos are also videos that people are enjoying in some way, those videos are also going to get recommended to some of the people that enjoyed that 11th video, but they're also going to start getting recommended to people that are enjoying each one of those. And then each one of those videos will also start getting recommended to the people that YouTube detects as having a really good experience with your content. Now, if we fast forward that, 
to 5,000 subscribers later. Maybe you've got, you know, 50 videos on your channel or something like that, or maybe even more, I'm not sure, 25, whatever. Then in that particular case, it's the same exact thing to where now you've got 25 videos or 50 videos on your channel. Some of them are bringing in a viewer a day. Some of them are, are bringing in a viewer every couple of days. Some of them are bringing in a thousand viewers a day. Some of them are bringing in a lot more depending on you know how people are interacting with your stuff, where it's being viewed and all that. So what ends up happening is it starts seeming like, wow, as I cross these milestones, things are getting easier. It's not necessarily that, it's just that now you have that archive behind you that's bringing people in. And as people are interacting with that content, when you publish something new, YouTube detects like, hey, these people that are really enjoying this content, let's show this new video to them, bam, see how they respond to it. So you start creating this group or having this like bigger core group that YouTube starts testing your content against that are the most likely to enjoy it. In addition to the people on the platform that the system thinks are likely to enjoy it anyway. In addition to that, you also have the people that will just start coming back for the things that you publish. So you'll see um, if you go into your traffic sources for your content, you'll see your external traffic, or not your external, but you'll see the traffic coming from your subscription feed. So if you go into there, you'll notice, hey, well, I've got some, some subscribers coming in from my subscription, uh, from the subscription page now. And what happens is you have all of these things that start working for you, for you on your behalf that starts bringing more attention to some of that new content um, and starts bringing more attention to the old content, which makes the channel seem like, like, wow, as I cross these milestones, I'm picking up steam. It's not necessarily that, it's that you're building an archive of content that's continuing to work for you over time. So um, so it's not the milestone that you're crossing, it's the other, you know, it, it's that it's that library that you have and you're getting better, right? Like as long as you're paying attention, as long as you're, you know, trying to improve, you know, the videos that you're putting out, you're also, you know, getting better at what it is that you're doing. You're teaching better, you're learning how to keep people watching for a little bit longer, the topics that you're talking about, you know, you're probably getting better at selecting those topics and things like that. Beanie draws in the house. Super what is going on, my man? Happy birthday to you, by the way. Says, um, look at that. Nick's nearly at a million. Popping um, into that for everyone. Uh, let's see here. Popping in to thank you for everything you've done um, over the years and all the new kids on the block. Listen well. Nick has impacted many lives over the years. Thank you, dude. Thanks for the kind words. Super appreciate it. And um, again, happy birthday to you as well. I hope that you are doing fantastic. Um, it's been a while, so I hope that you are doing great. And thank you for the kind words. Always appreciated. And uh, Miami super VR, thank chat. you for the super chat as well. Says, I've been in and out of YouTube over the years. Now I think I found a niche that I'm truly passionate and skilled in. What advice um, to stay in at this time? Great question. So build the process of being a content creator into your lifestyle. So it's really easy to be excited about something and then put everything you have into that thing for that period of time that you're excited about it. But then after you start doing it and it becomes normal, then it's like, okay, well, it's just kind of normal now. It's not exciting anymore in terms of how it used to be, right? Because you've, you, you start going through the things. So it's like, okay, well, okay, wow, I've got people commenting on my videos now. Oh, now I've got some people liking my videos. Now I'm starting to get views on my videos. Now, you know, things are starting to work. So, so I mean, it's still exciting but it's just not as exciting as it once was and it, it just becomes normal, right? It's like, hey, this is just what I do now. And when that happens, um, you have to make sure that you have the habit of creating content built into your lifestyle. Because the first thing you do is you figure out how to work it into your lifestyle, but then once you consistently do the thing, then you create the habit. 
And then once you have that habit, then it becomes something that you do and not something that you have to try to do because you have it scheduled, you have it as part of your process, you have it built into your lifestyle to where you allot time to it. Um, and it just becomes, you know, a thing that you do. So I would just work on building it into your lifestyle. And by building it into your lifestyle, you will, you know, that will help you stay in it. And here's the thing, like when it comes to this, there's always a million other things that you could do, right? Because life is abundant. So there's always, you know, all kinds of different things that you could do for to entertain to entertain yourself. Those things could be making content or not. But um, but when it comes to uh, you know, like, hey, can I turn this into something? Because you're saying like I want to stay in it is essentially what I'm picking up from this. So one thing to think about is like, okay, if I'm going to be uh, you know putting my efforts into this. Then, in addition to thinking about the content I'm putting out and who I'm trying to serve with it, I also want to think about like what I'm, what I, what, what's in it for me, right? So, yes, I'm doing this as like a passion thing, but you know, if I'm trying to go full time, or am I trying to make it as like a side income to help me pay my bills? Am I trying to, you know, impact X amount of people? Like, what is it that I'm actually trying to do? And when you have strong goals in addition to those habits, then it can really make sure that you're doing the thing. And that's where people will also find time to also publish on other platforms and do that sort of thing as well, um, in order to, you know, keep, uh, you know, just stay in it, essentially. Uh, next up on our list here, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Simply Natural CAI, Kai, I think is that, they do beauty hair and planet-based vegan meals. The goal is to become a full-time influencer. And the question is, my video views are still low um, to decent. Hold on. My video views are low to decent. I struggle with consistency due to health issues. My most viewed videos are surrounding detoxing, so I can't detox all the time. How should I move forward? So you got a couple things um, working against you here. So just based on the information that I have, and I haven't pulled up your channel yet. So you have beauty, hair, and planet-based vegan meals. So one thing that you are creating here is the disconnect um, in terms of viewership, right? Because when you have somebody interacting with your content, then they're coming there for the hair stuff, and then you pr present them with the vegan meal, disconnect, right? If they come in for the vegan meal, but they don't care about the hair stuff, when you publish a hair video, disconnect, right? So because of that, I would just dial that part in just a little bit more and start thinking in my hair channel and my hair and beauty channel or my food channel, right? And then and then pick that. Um, and I see here that the whole value proposition is like simply natural. However, the first thing I see on your about me page is I love assisting those in their natural hair journeys while on their paths to their most beautiful selves, wherever that may lead. So even in your value proposition, you're saying that you're about hair. Even in your channel art, you say natural hair, beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. You're about that. So I would not put the food stuff in there because that's different than what it is that you are promising from the outside. Um, in addition to that, other things that you're doing is here. Man, I wish, I'm, I'm gonna try to present this again just because this is really good for everybody needs to consider this. Ooh, that just came like right in perfect. I closed a handful of windows that might've helped. Okay, so another problem is if we look at this right here, right? If, if we take this one. So this right here, you have unbelievable Asian cabbage salad recipe. In the event that you were going to continue doing the food, one thing that you got to think about here is like, okay, if this gets recommended to somebody on a homepage, 
then what about this helps it be noticeable at a glance that this has even anything to do with food, right? Like if you are presented a, a, a grid of images on a homepage on a computer, or if you're on your phone, you're just sitting there flipping through looking for something that might interest you and you're just looking at stuff at a glance, here, it's all you. The thing that you should be focused on here for this food thing is the food, right? Because that's the thing for people that are interested in food content that's gonna stand out to them, not you, okay? Because again, you're trying to grab their attention and you're using what they are interested in as bait, right? So what they are interested in is bait, which in this case is food. So you want to use that food to be like, hey, 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 I, I made this video. This is something you're interested in, right? Over here, this is something you're interested in. Food, there's food in this thumbnail, right? That's what, that's what, you, that's what you wanna do. Here, you're having the most important part of this be the, the secondary, really the third because you have you that grabs the most attention, you have the text up here at the top, and then you have the thing that's most important, which is the thing that you're showing them how to make is like the smallest thing in your thumbnail. So in your case, I would definitely work on the packaging. Same exact thing when it goes to detox, right? Like here, um, you know, you look friendly. So, you know, that that part is is good. But one thing that you have working against you here is like every, like all of these thumbnails, it's just you. Now, if it's something, if you're doing a video about hair, yeah, that's a win, right? Because there you're you're showing your hair, so that's good. But when it comes to this other stuff, right? Like three uh, ingredient vegan recipes, same exact thing here, right? Like focus more on the on the stuff, right? That that matters to them. Here, my herbal detox preparation routine, same exact thing. Food. Um, here, boost your health pre detox grocery haul unveiled, same exact thing. Food. Have yourself as the secondary, or kind of put yourself over here and do the food, but right now I'd be testing like crazy. So instead of having like all of this right now, like you're, I would go in now and I would say, okay, four weeks ago, this has been on the platform. I got 149 views. What would happen? Cause you, you know, like the worst thing that could happen is that, you know, uh, people aren't gonna click on it. And then you'll be able to notice that as long as you're paying attention to your analytics, once you make the change over the next handful of days. But the very first thing I would do is I would go in and update these thumbnails and change these thumbnails to focus on the food as the primary. And then if you wanna put you in there somewhere, that's fine. But really I would just focus on the, on the, on the thing that's gonna grab their attention and, um, and help them read the title, which would be in this case, like this, all this food imagery that you're doing. When it comes to what it is that you're offering, up here you're talking about natural hair, beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. And this is like food, 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 um, deep con conditioning. So here you've got a good one, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll put a, a, a check mark on that one. Um, here you've got a book review also, right? A little bit of a disconnect from what it is that you're offering up here. Um, Trader Joe's must have items. Yeah. Same thing there, unless it's related to your value proposition. So yeah, in, in your particular case, I would just get clear on what it is that you're doing. I would start focusing the, um, the imagery around, you know, the things that matter to the people that you're trying to reach, because right now when it comes to you, the people that know you are, you know, the people that have, you know, interacted with your, you know, channel, but at scale, people know food, right? And that these are the things that, you know, people are trying to, or these are the, this is what people are looking for when they're looking on, you know, homepages for stuff to watch. They're not looking for, you know, for you per se. So because of that, you know, I would focus more on that imagery. Seriously, I would, I would go into every thumbnail that you have, even these older ones. And, and here's what you want to do. Go into these older thumbnails and start thinking to yourself, okay, 
the person that I'm trying to reach with this particular video, even though they are kind of targeted towards different people, the person I'm trying to reach with this particular video, what about this thumbnail? And you should ask yourself this with everything that you publish. What about this thumbnail is going to help them identify that this is about something that they care about? Ask yourself that question. If you're like, well, I got this little food thing down in the corner, not enough. Like what is obvious? What can somebody see at a glance if they're just going through it relatively quickly or if on a computer their homepage loads up like I was just looking at the grid of your videos? If that loads up, what about your thumbnail is gonna help those people identify that your video is about something they care about? Answer that question and then you're, you're gonna be heading in, in a better direction. But right now, everything is focused on just bringing attention to you when it should be on the things that's gonna help people that are uh, interacting with the content, identify that your content's about something that, that they care about, right? Because you gotta use, and this, this sounds like manipulative, but I mean, it's just how it is. Like you have to use, it's helpful to use, the, uh, the, the things that people are interested in as bait to get them into your content so that you can introduce them to you. And then later, then you can start mixing you in there with the food, with the hair products, things like that. With the hair products, I'd always put you in there just because you know the, the hair is nice. Um, so I would always put you in there for that. That gives you an opportunity to put yourself in the thumbnail. But right now, I would focus on like, okay, how can I, how can I help the people that are interested in this topic easily identify that this is something that they might like? That, that's step number one. Um, let's see here. Yeah, tips to, uh, tips to identify content for specific viewer and for better thumbnails. Yes. So basically the whole thing is think about the people that you're trying to reach. So basically the, the best practice here is when you are publishing videos to YouTube anywhere, even like TikTok anywhere, it's helpful especially if you're trying to build up a brand of some kind. And for those of you that have mentioned that you're wanting to be full-time and all that stuff, the, the thing is, is like, you want to be known for something, right? The more different things that you talk about, the more it dilutes that. Like for me, for example, right? People know to come to me if they want to know anything about YouTube, if they want to know about live streaming tech, if they want to know about like video stuff, things like that, like that, that's the stuff I'm known for. So in your particular case, you're going to get known for something over time, right? So what you want to think about is you want to think about, okay, one, what is it I'm going to offer that I'm going to get known for? Two, who is it that I'm going to be making this content for? Because yeah, we, we make it for ourselves because it's fun and you know, all that it helps us connect with other people interested in similar topics and those things. But at the end of the day, like if you're just making it for yourself, then in that case, you can just keep it on your computer. You don't even need to publish it to YouTube, right? Cause you're making it for you. But if you're making it for other people and you want those people to enjoy it, then you got to start thinking, okay, so if I'm going to be making this for other people, who am I going to be making it for? And then if you can get clear on that, just like, you know, I make content for content creators, YouTube content creators specifically, in that particular case, that clarity helps you know exactly what you should and should not publish to your YouTube channel, right? So when it comes to identifying, uh, you know, uh, the specific viewer, super important. And then when you're making a thumbnail, you just got to think, okay, for the people that I'm trying to reach, how is this, uh, you know, going to uh, going to help them identify that this is something that they that they care about? This thing that I made, and then when you get good at that, then uh, then then everything will start, you know, uh, being better on your channel. Um, I just saw a question here. Yeah, uh, Keys Car says the glance test. I love that. Yeah. So one thing, um, I'm not sure if you guys let me see. Uh, let me pull this up here really quick. 
So um, there is, I know you guys hear me talk about like tube spanner a lot. So there is, let me just see if this will, if this will, uh, if this will show it. So when it comes to that glance test that I'm, that I'm talking about, so this actually has a tool in here. So basically tube spanner, it, it has a browser extension with it where you can do all kinds of, you know, cool stuff here. But, um, but one of the things um, that it has is it also has a thing for glance test. So here, if you look at the interface that you're seeing right now, let me kind of stretch this out a little bit. But if you're looking at the interface that you're seeing right now, I'm not sure how it's going to display here because I have this kind of like crunched down right now. But um, actually, let me just kind of zoom out and that'll make it better. There we go. So basically when it comes to this, um, when you click on this, you can upload like an image into it if you want, um, or you can just pick, you know, whatever it is that you, you know, that you already have on your channel or whatever. Um, but I'm just gonna pick one that I already have just so you can see an example here, but like this one here with the money, right? So I can click on this one and then it just automatically puts it there on the screen. So then I can see like, okay, against all these other thumbnails, like how does this stand out? Is it big? Is it bold? Is it something that might grab attention? But it also has, if you go into the settings here to where we have the uh, countdown for a preview. And then here you add a countdown during preview and I'm gonna turn that on. And for the sake of your time, I'm gonna change this to two seconds instead of three. And then now I'm gonna change it to this one. And then it blacks out the screen and then it does the same exact thing, bam, oops, my, my mouse is over it, but bam, it puts it on the screen. So then you can be like, okay, it's somewhere here. Um, and then it just kind of helps you be able to identify, like, is this something that stands out? Is it something that kind of pops up at a glance, right? So really cool tool for this um, to kind of run your thumbnails to, to test before uh, you, know, you publish it, just to see how it stands out against you know, a grid of other videos and stuff like that, really cool tool. Tube Spanner in general, all kinds of really cool tools in there that, uh, that help you out. But um, let's see our next question that we have on the list here. Question number 37, cruising through these today. So we've got um, It's Charlie Vest. It's Charlie Vest. Um, they do reaction, learning about other countries, mainly uh, the Netherlands. And the goal of the channel says, I love it. And the question is, not for this channel, but I have an old channel um, already monetized, but never uploaded in over a year. I repurposed it for gaming, but it was music reactions. Would it be better to just make a brand new one and wait for monetization instead of reviving a dead one with the wrong audience? So you can pivot channels. If you're already monetized over there, you might want to, you know, you might want to just keep on that channel. Uh, but if you're like, yeah, I'm pretty good at making content, I can probably get monetized in a reasonable amount of time, then in that case, I would start a new channel. But if you're like, yeah, I'm not sure, but you made it on that one, then in that case, I would I would just put it on that one. And then I would just pivot everything over. Um, but if you if you think that you can get monetized on the other one in a, in a fair amount of time, then I uh, then I would start a fresh one. Next, we've got re row reacts. They upload every other day. It's a reaction channel, um, an information channel. The goal of the channel says right now it's sharing knowledge, building a community around my interest and eventually monetizing my content. And the question is, my channel is about entertainment, news, social issues, and American culture. So far, I've got 14 videos in 11 days, uh, mostly about entertainment and news. Should I put my social issues, American culture content um, I will make soon on my channel or in a short form to introduce it to the channel? Yeah, that's your call. Like, um, uh, I like just getting started, like 14 videos in 11 days is pretty intense. Um, I would definitely make sure, you know, I'm actually just going to look at the channel real quick. Might be fine. Um, paste, remove the dots. Okay. Yeah. I just see one video here.
Okay. Yeah. So never mind. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in your case, uh, yeah, I would, uh, um, I would make sure that people are responding to the content that you're putting out. Like if you, if you just started this channel and you are just flooding it with content, keep in mind that uploads without response doesn't really work anymore. So because of that, um, I would just make sure that people are responding well to what it is that you're doing before you just flood it like that. Um, but in terms of, you know, your social issues and American culture content, if your entire channel is entertainment news, social issues and American culture, then yeah then it would make sense to put it on your channel. And I would also do shorts around it too, because you know, for new channels right now, I mean, for any channel, but for new channels, especially when you're trying to get off the ground, um, shorts are a great way to get yourself in front of people that might not have clicked. Because you know, when it comes to YouTube, you've got a couple of things going on. So when it comes to the recommendation features, meaning um, like home pages and uh, suggested videos, when it comes to those, you have like a whole other skill set that you have to have, which is like being able to get people to click on your content, um, which is what we kind of just went through with that channel that I pulled up. Um, and you have that whole skill set that you have to develop um, in order for that to be like as effective as possible. But when it comes to shorts, you just pop up, somebody slides up and then like, bam, hey, there you are. Hey, what's going on, right? You're there. So because of that, shorts are awesome for new content creators because it just puts you in front of people to where you can focus on like, okay, in shorts, I'm gonna focus on just like uh, basically experimenting because they don't take long to make. I'm gonna focus on uh, uh, good hooks and, and start figuring out like what keeps people watching longer there um, and learning how to capture attention there while I'm building up my skill sets over on the long form content, learning how to keep people watching over there and learning how to get people to click and so on. I'm gonna be putting out the short content for the sake of getting me in front of people, getting some views coming in, you know, that kind of thing while I'm working on the skill sets. Yeah, it's cool because like with shorts, it gives you like a little bit of validation, right? Because like a hard thing is like when you publish a video that you spent a week working on and it gets like eight views, that can be really discouraging. But when it comes to shorts, it kind of keeps you encouraged because it's like, hey, I can just make this short thing and it's still gotta be good, but I can make this short thing and then you know maybe I get some activity there while I'm learning how to do the other stuff, right? So, so it just kind of keeps you, keeps you motivated. Uh, Yaris Renovations is our next question. They do DIY content. The goal is to share knowledge. Says, hey, what's your thoughts on making shorts to grow? Will it affect your channel long-term if YouTube shows it to those subscribers and they don't click or just focus on long form right now in the beginning? Um, I think we just covered that. So yeah, um, uh, shorts are a fantastic way to get yourself in front of people that might not have uh, clicked on your content in the first place. Pose Experience says, I have 15 videos focusing on capturing footage of Oak Island events as they film. I'm two months in, 60,000 views, but storytelling content about origin and artifacts falls flat. I'm three months in, advice. footage of Oak Island events. I'm not sure what Oak Island events are, but as they film, um, I'm two months in, 60,000 views, but storytelling content about origins and artifacts falls flat. Okay, so the content that is getting a response, that is content that you've learned to make in a way that people are responding well to it. So you can ride that, basically you can hop in that lake and ride that flow, so to speak, um, while you're working on getting better at storytelling and you know those types of things because just because you're telling a story doesn't mean that it's engaging. And just because you're telling a story doesn't mean that it's necessarily like structured right and things like that that will keep people watching as it relates to YouTube. Oh, it's a treasure hunt. Okay, got it. Yeah, so what I would look into um, in that particular case is I would be like, okay, well, I have these videos that aren't working 
and then I have these videos that um, that you know that people are responding to. Um, what is it about these videos that they are responding to that I think is causing that response? And you can you can uncover some of this by looking in your um, analytics. So, for example, you know, is it just the topic? You know, is it causing more people to come in? Is it because those videos just perform better overall? They get a higher click through rate compared to the impressions. They get a uh, you know higher average view duration. You have more people completing the videos, more people subscribing to the channel because of those videos, more people liking those videos, and so on. Like I would look into that sort of thing and then start thinking like, okay, why do I think people are responding to these better than the other ones? And then from there, you're gonna have to make the call and like, okay, if I'm gonna keep publishing these other videos on the channel, then one, um, I have to look at it like, okay, I know that when I publish these other types of videos that people respond to them because historically this keeps happening. And then the other videos, while I'm publishing those, if they're not responding to them, but they're still targeted towards the same audience, I'm going to start working on doing those in a better way that where people will respond to them better in terms of, you know, the watch, maybe I'm going to work on the packaging better. Maybe I'm going to work on how I'm framing them to make them, you know, uh, to make it, if I'm framing them this way, maybe I can frame them in a little bit of a different way that will cause people to click on them more and come in and be a little bit more interested in the content. I'd be working on things like that while you're publishing, you know, the videos that you know is going to bring viewership in. Um, but other things too, man, like sometimes or, or, or ma'am, I'm not sure <laughs> which, but, uh, uh, but when it comes to this sort of thing, like when people are responding to something, like they're responding because they're interested in that. So sometimes fo just following that path and being like, hey, this is what this is what they want and just giving them that, like sometimes that's the that's the way to do it. Like for me, in my case, that's what put me here. Like uh, when I first started my channel, I was talking about things that were just happening in my reality. I did talk about like how to overcome camera shyness and how to come up with video ideas and things like that. But I was also talking about other things on the channel that were in my reality at the time. And, uh, uh, and then uh, the whole YouTube thing came because I published a video about how I was getting videos to show up in YouTube search and people were like, give me more of that. So I'm like, okay, here's more of that. And then next thing you know, I'm making videos like that all the time because that's what people kept wanting from me. So, uh, so when it comes to, you know, your situation, um, you know, sometimes you can kind of force stuff in there, but sometimes you also have it to where it's like, Hey, <clears throat> I'm going to publish this and I'm still going to try to make it better because maybe, you know, like, Another concept to think about is like when it comes to content in general, you can have different pillars of content where it's all targeted towards the same audience, but it's different segments of the audience, right? So like on my channel, I've got content for mobile creators. I've got content for live streamers. I've got content for people that are just into YouTube, help stuff like how to get views, all that. I've also got some like new stuff that I do, things like that for the general YouTube community. But the idea is that each one of those are pillars that are still targeting the same general audience, but they're more fine tuned to segments of the audience within that. So you can do something similar to where it's like, okay, right now people aren't responding to these, but as people do slowly come into these, maybe people will find the value in what it is that I'm doing there. So I'm going to try to get better at making these. And then I'm just going to look at that as like, okay, this is a pillar I'm trying to build, but right now it's just not there yet. I haven't, I haven't learned how to get people to respond to this one in the way that I want. But as long as it's all targeted towards the same people, you should be okay. Um, but I would, I would lean on pulling the levers of the content you know people are going to respond to based on what they've done historically while you're working on the um, on the content that you would like them to respond to. And again, everything still has to be targeted towards that same type of viewer. But if you continue doing that and it continues to not work compared to the other thing that you're doing, you might just want to double down on the thing that's working. When it comes to YouTube's algorithm, the way that, that, that YouTube frames it is 
two things is like when you're thinking about the algorithm, replace the word algorithm with audience. That's the thing that uh, that you know people that work on the algorithm say. Um, but when it comes to the way that they frame how the system works, they say that basically the algorithm follows the audience, which means that if you know viewers are responding well to what it is that you're doing, the system is going to find other viewers like that. So in your particular case, we can also do that as creators to where you know we follow the audience too. We make something that we like to make, but we still make it for that audience that's responding well to it. So in your particular case, you might be in one of those situations, and you're gonna find this out through experimentation, but you might be in one of those situations to where you found something to where if you follow that, it might you know lead to a great place or that particular thing, maybe you might get bored of that, and therefore you're doing these other things in order to do it. But you know, you following that audience that's responding well to that could be something that you ride for a while to you know help you grow the channel and stuff. And then as long as you're still going to be targeting the same audience with the other stuff, as you build the viewership there, and there's more people that are engaged in your content and keep coming back to your channel and all that, then start introducing some of this other stuff. And then with the other stuff, then there, you know, once you have a stronger core audience, maybe you'll get a little bit of a better response out of it. Um, let's hear practical IT with Jeremy. Super thanks chat. for Super Chat says, just wanted to say thanks. I appreciate you. Your advice really hit home today. Love it. Absolutely love it. Those are the types of messages right here, like this kind of stuff is uh, those days when I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna make a video or I don't feel like streaming today or like whatever the thing is, like these, yeah, like that's, uh, that's, that's where I get my juice from, right? Because I like with, with all the content, right? Cause I got tons of videos on my channel and I do these live streams and stuff, but like, like the way that I look at it is like if one of the people hanging out here can, you know, can, can have something unlock or they see something in a way that kind of helps them like, you know, take a better path, uh, then, then, then my job here is done. <laughs> so thanks for that feedback. I super appreciate it. Next up, we've got Miss Bella Games. They do gaming content. The goal is to grow a community and improving my skills to provide a good experience. Says, I'm gonna start live streaming again soon and frankly, I'm really nervous. What are some good tips to help ease someone into live streaming? One, um, try to just relax on your expectations. All the things that you are going to worry about are things that viewers don't even care about. So you're gonna worry about like what people are gonna like say, you're gonna worry about forgetting what you're saying. You're gonna worry about like, you know, well, I don't really know what I'm even gonna talk about. So that will come with preparation. So before you do your stream, just do a bullet point list of like, okay, these are all the different things that I could talk about. I would prefer to talk about them in order, but I'm gonna talk about all these different things. Um, and out of all these different things, I'm gonna have this list somewhere where I can see it. So then if I forget what it is that I'm talking about, then I can default to that list, right? Super easy. Um, and then from there, all the other things, like what if something goes wrong, that kind of stuff. Um, those are things that, you know, that the viewers don't really care much about. That's a big deal to you. And if something does go wrong, it's gonna feel like, oh my God, I got people watching. Like, I can't believe this is happening. But in reality, just be cool because like the viewers, like they understand it's live. They understand that live happens in terms of, you know, technical problems and things like that. So just try to get it back on track as fast as you can. I recommend that you use StreamYard, um, especially if you're just getting started. And the reason for that is because there's like zero technical expertise required where some of the other software, there's like a lot of things you got to set up and you got to watch a bunch of videos trying to figure out how to use the software. With StreamYard, it's literally connect your camera, connect to an audio source, your microphone, um, and then just like tell it where you want to stream to, fill out your description, all that stuff, and then you and then you go in. Like it's it's super easy. Um, and if you have technical problems, it holds the stream open for you, so it's a win there too. Um, but in terms of 
the the worry about like what if I mess up, what if I say something stupid, things like that. Like viewers are 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 super tolerant of that kind of stuff. People understand it's live and they're not taking it as seriously as you are. So give your best show, give your best information, give your best entertainment, you know, answer your questions if that's what you're gonna do in the best way that you can. Um, but just be patient with yourself and uh and and don't like it, it's easy to make it this big thing in your brain, right? But just just it's not, right? Like you're, you're streaming onto whatever platform it is you're going to be streaming on. There's going to be people that are sitting there watching. You're going to be doing your thing. Not that big of a deal. Um, and then it's all going to be over before you, before you even realize it. So, uh, you might become a live streaming addict. So, you know, be careful of that, but don't be careful of that. Cause it's super fun. Uh, but, uh, but once you get through it, uh, it's, it's going to end up being like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But you know, the hardest part is actually hitting that live button the first time, because you have all these things in your mind about, you know, things that might happen, but just look at it kind of like it's a zoom call. You know, like if you hop on a zoom call with like a family member or a friend or even coworkers, whatever, um, you're hopping on that zoom call and you're not thinking of all this crazy stuff that could go wrong. You're just like, Oh, I got to hop on this call right? Just look at it the same exact way. Prepare, you know, ahead of time. Make sure you have a be right back screen in case you have to use the bathroom. Um, make sure that you have some type of idea of what it is that you're going to do in the stream so that you're prepared. Have those bullet point lists and then also create fallbacks. Fallbacks are basically just a list of other things that you can talk about. So if you are freestyling and you blank out that you can just look at that and you can go, you know what, we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about something else. And then you just start talking about something else that you have on that list, right? It's, 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 it's an easy thing to navigate after you do it once. But the hardest thing is like getting yourself to do it that first time. I've got an entire playlist of videos over on the StreamYard YouTube channel. Um, it's, it's me and some other creators in there too. It's all tips for when you go live on YouTube. We've got stuff on like, you know, having your first live stream. We got stuff on, you know, things that you need to keep in mind before your first live stream. I mean, I'll name it and we've got it over there. So definitely make sure you check that out. So um, on those notes, I want to thank everybody so much for hanging out. As a reminder, if you are a new content creator, just remember that all of this stuff, you know, you're just in a learning curve and we're always in a learning curve. Like I've been doing this for nine years and I'm still learning stuff all the time. I'm actually um, starting next week. I actually have to like, you know, pay and everything, but I'm like, I'm, st I'm starting with like a storytelling coach that is, uh, that's going to help me, you know, just better navigate that and better understand like the nuances of storytelling and that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're always going to be in a, in a state of learning as it goes with this stuff. So if you're not getting the results that you want and things aren't working out the way you want now, just be patient with yourself because this stuff is hard. That's why every channel that you see isn't huge. If you go over to Reddit and you look at the new YouTuber subreddit or you go hang out in new YouTuber groups, you're going to see that everybody has a hard time, you know, when they're getting started. So, you know, that part of it is just something that you should embrace and just think to yourself, okay, all I got to do is learn how to do these different things. And there's a lot of nuance within those things that you have to learn, but you got to learn how to do those things. and You got to keep showing up and keep trying to get better intentionally, keep trying to get better and keep showing up for your audience and you'll get there. Okay. So just hang in there, be patient with yourself and be patient with the process and just embrace the idea that you're in a process and, uh, and, uh, you got this. So thank you everybody so much for hanging out. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your weekend and uh, make sure you check the description. I've got some stuff down there for you as well. Some tools and things like that for creators, links to sponsors, all of that good stuff with some good helpful you know, tools and all that stuff down there for you. So make sure you check that out. Have a great rest of your weekend. Um, since I won't see you before Thanksgiving, for those of you that are in the US, happy Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, yeah, have a great rest of your weekend and I'll see you next time.